0: at the same time we got to have a few convictions right
1: yeah absolutely it it really is hard sometimes to know exactly what we should believe in what is reality i mean i wake up in the morning i eat my cereal my typical day uh, looks the same a lot like i'll do the same thing yesterday that i did today and when you live in a when you live in a routine and you see the same stuff every day it's hard to imagine that um, you know, there could be aliens out there or there could be these psychotronic weapons mm. or, you know what I mean? It's just, it's hard to imagine that stuff if you live in a small town and, um, you know, your life is relatively easy going and you don't see a lot of um, social change or a lot of violence where you're at.
0: It's like there's two different realities. It's like the one that you're actually experienced directly that you can see and hear and, and, and interact with every day. And then there's this other reality that you've kind of compiled in our heads uh, from information scattered
1: here and there, and we build this little thing, but like it's it 's all in our minds, you know what I mean uh, yeah, exactly, but one way I think that we all feel what 's going on out there is the money. we all have less and less as time goes on. things are more and more expensive, even if you 're relatively well to do well you you move to uh downtown seattle and try to rent a flat down there and and, you know you suddenly you don't feel so rich anymore you realize how expensive everything is because everything is super expensive down there and even if you're rich i mean um you're not gonna have much money left over after you have to pay five grand a month for your rent yeah it's the chase where are you living now you're in seattle right yeah living here in the emerald city have you have you always lived there uh, pretty much. I've kind of floated around the outskirts. But yeah, I've pretty much lived in this, this little pocket pretty much my whole life, yeah. That's cool. I grew up in a suburb of Vancouver, and we had Seattle television stations growing up. Oh, okay. Were you so a Seahawks I, fan or a fan? Yeah, but well, we would see a lot of Seahawks stuff,
0: yeah, for sure. And uh, we'd get the, the local news from there. Do you know who John Keister is? Um, no. No, he was like a Seattle celebrity. He had a show... I used to watch as a kid. It was called Almost Live.
1: Oh, wait a second. I do he's remember him. He's a bald-headed yeah, okay, funny guy. Yeah, okay, yeah. I know exactly who that is. I used to watch that, too. He used to crack me up, that guy, man. And you know
0: who else was on the show? Bill Nye. Yes, he was. He was. That's where he started. I used to watch Bill Nye doing, like, low-budget comedy on Almost Live out of Seattle. Yeah. Now now he's a superstar.
1: Yeah, he was one of the. Uh, that show is pretty much all like local celebrities. it doing, was funny. Yeah. The, but I, it was all
0: filmed in Seattle too. So even though I've never been to Seattle, every time uh, you talk about Seattle, I have like this like, these like cheesy pictures in my head of how they used to kind of sell the place.
1: <laughs> oh, don't worry about it. I've hardly been everywhere, anywhere. I've made a few trips my entire life, but I've mostly just kind of been stuck here and haven't really wanted to leave. That's interesting. Were you around when
0: the like the grunge scene kicked out of there? Nirvana and was it like Pearl Jam and stuff? Didn't all those guys come out of the Seattle scene?
1: Yeah, I was a little kid. However, when all that stuff was at its height, so right after when it died off and things started to change into the like corn, Limp Bizkit, that type of thing. That's really when I was in high school. So I was kind of more of like a a corn. Uh, Tool, Deftones, Limp Biscuit, that those were kind of the bands of my generation, as, as bad as some of them were. <laughs> so you don't remember any any specific influence when that like uh, grunge scene hit? Well, well, no, I I don't mean that because even though I was post that whole scene, it just had a tremendous influence on the area and on the whole world really. So the reverberations of what happened were still going strong. There were still kids dressing that way and um you know obviously seattle's known as a, a music epicenter now because of that um you know is the, it still it wasn't just that scene that came and went there's it, it, the music stayed oh well you, you also have Jimi hendrix that that lives he's in from seattle, seattle yeah. yeah yeah he's buried in seattle oh wow yeah and and other guys too i think james brown i think if i have that right James Brown from Seattle. <laughs> yeah, and not just them, a lot of other guys. And, and then, uh, you know, it's still pretty strong musically. A lot of artists still come from this area, but of course not like it was when they had the whole grunge thing. That was really something else. That was equivalent to when all those huge rock bands came came over during the British invasion, except it was coming out of Seattle. And other areas yeah. around the country have had scenes like that, too.
0: I remember it was huge. Do you think that things like that can happen just, like, organically, the way we kind of watched it happen, or do you think that there's influences when when trends really kick and and are gigantic all of a sudden like that? How skeptical do you get?
1: Well, uh, Kurt Cobain in particular had a huge influence on me. The first CD that I ever bought was a Nirvana album. It was Nirvana and and then I, I bought Nevermind because I was the big one, and I kind of uh, looked up to the guy and and, and thought that he was this genius. And I, I still think that. I still think he's a genius, even though I've explored his life a little bit more and seen things about him that aren't super cool. You know, he had his flaws as well. And his life is really interesting. There's a lot of conspiracy stuff going on around Kurt Cobain. And I I love reading that stuff. I love getting into it. Um, you know, I, I'm not sure exactly what happened there. I do think there's a strong possibility that he was uh, killed by Courtney Love. But there's also a strong possibility that he might have been killed by some sort of government agency. <laughs> That's really how deep this whole thing is. It's quite freaky. Yeah,
0: I've looked into it a little bit, too. And uh, I didn't come to any any sort of conclusions, but yeah, there's a lot of
1: interesting trails and connections.
0: Uh, Definitely something was up.
1: Yeah, what's what's little known is that Courtney Love's father was actually in the CIA, I believe. Oh, yeah? (laughs) Yeah,
0: the music scene, man, I'm telling you, it freaks me out sometimes. It looks, uh, it doesn't look natural at all.
1: Yeah, and actually, uh, Courtney Love was Uh, You know, her family had money, and she had her own thing besides Nirvana and Kurt Cobain. So a lot of people think, like, she killed him to get the money, but I'm pretty sure she already had a lot of money. But that doesn't necessarily mean that she didn't want more. So it's really hard to say. It's very, uh, you know, you could watch a documentary or something or watch a YouTube video or read an article online, and you you just get one perspective. It's it's hard to say what actually happened. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So you got into like a a little bit of a, a darker music stage just after that went? Kind of, yeah. I got really into the uh, the bands that were popular at the time. I, when, I remember- when did you get that tattoo of the,
0: the cross? I thought that was really interesting. You're posting that tattoo of your cross, and then you said, no, I got this when I was younger and was into goth. When did you get that tattoo?
1: <laughs> well, the truth is that I was really interested in this gothic girl, and I thought that if I got a big cross tattooed on my forearm that uh, she'd think I was a badass and she'd want me. But need- needless to say, it didn't go down that way. Uh,
0: yeah, I was just recently with somebody the other day. Had a big tattoo down his ribs. And I said, what's the tattoo? What does it say? There's like letters. And he said, oh, that's my ex-wife. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: at least yeah. I got something that... It's a little bit more feature proof I mean. Well, you know, you can't judge other people's tattoos, right? You know what I mean. Well, the way I look at it, it's it's just all garbage. I mean, is it? Yeah, it's like who cares? It's just you know I'm gonna die one day. So do I? I mean, I do believe my body's a temple, but at the same time, it's kind of a heap of garbage. Yeah, so do you have other tattoos? Do you get a lot of tattoos? Nope, just got the one and kind of regretted it and that's about it. <laughs> I'm the
0: same way, man. I got a tattoo when I was about 19 and uh I don't know, I just never felt motivated to to keep going with it. But yeah, just, they mark they mark us, you know? They I don't know. I think they they are what we are, like it or not, or however
1: it happened, it's like
0: life marks you and you don't always get to choose. How it does it, yeah, exactly. It, you know,
1: exactly. Um, you know I, I don't want to say what I do or you know what I do for a living or anything like that. But um, I will say that I'm involved in the business world, and I don't necessarily. You're want... You're in the CIA, aren't you? Oops, you got it. Oh man, my cover's blown. Yeah, I'm I'm am I'm an agent. <laughs> yeah. Did I did I tell you about the gay frogs? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You got,
0: that's the important one. That's the one you got to focus on. Tell all your friends about it. YPK. Like, you tell everybody in your in your family about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my god.
1: <laughs> but when did uh, you start your forum? But uh real quick I just wanna oh, say yeah. like ahead. if you're in the business world, like having tattoos it just doesn't really work. I mean it can, but oh, yeah? it hold you back. Yeah.
0: I always wondered about that. I haven't I've only experienced like a, a few different kind of, you know, professional worlds before. But uh, I suppose lots of them would be I don't know. I I always swore I never wanted a job where I had to wear, like, a suit every day.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, But the thing is, like, a lot of jobs that are, you know, successful type of jobs, you you do have to at least wear a pair of khaki pants or wear, like, some dress shoes or a belt or tuck your shirt in. It's just a reality. I mean, I wish I could be this hippie. Like, there was a time when I had my hair just grown out and... And I, I do it in, like, a braid, and and I dress in just, like, wild sort of clothes, and I still kind of do, but then I that's have... That's
0: the my- Seattle scene, man. Yeah, it is. It is. Right? Like, grungy, oversized clothes. I like those kind of...
1: That's how I like to dress, too. Just, like, comfortable and, you know... Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, I, I consider myself a jack-of-all-trades. I could be one thing one second, and I could be another thing another second, and it doesn't really affect who I am at my core just because I have a different set of clothes on. I mean, that, that's what it means to be a ninja. You will dress any way. You will uh, change the tone of your voice. You will, uh, you will wear different masks. You can just slip in and out of anywhere and be anything.
0: That's really cool, man. That's really cool. It sounds like... Self awareness, you, you you know who you are and the clothes don't matter, right? Yeah, kind A lot of people put a lot of us like self identity on the clothes that they wear, but if you know who you are deep down, I you know, I I don't know.
1: I like the way you describe that, that's pretty cool. Yeah, exactly. And to um you know, answer what you're about to ask, um are you referring to ninja shoes? Ninja shoes, that's how I first
0: found you. I've been like I don't know, you bumping into you here and there on all kinds of things for like a long time. That's why I was interested uh, in talking with you because I, I first discovered Ninja Shoes like I don't know, way over 10 years ago. Um, and I thought it was cool. It was like this little indie forum that didn't look corporate or, or, or you know sold out or anything like that. Um, when did you start that? What motivated you to start that?
1: Well, I originally used to post at a... I, I started to get into mixed martial arts because I... Well, I'll tell you the whole story. I don't mean to bore the piss out of you, but um, it all started... I wanted to learn how to fight. Like I, I just felt like I, I, wasn't very tough. So uh, one day I saw these videos at a, at a sunset Suncoast video, at one of those stores in the mall. And a what
0: video? Sorry, a what video? Uh,
1: it's called Suncoast Video. It's a store in the mall. Okay. And so I'm in Suncoast Video, and I see these DVDs for something called Pride. Oh right. No, no, no. Wait. Hold on. I'm getting my own story wrong. Actually, never mind. When I first came... You across were a wrestling fan before, right? Kind of. But I first came across Pride when I was online, and I came across it randomly, and I started seeing these pictures of, like, uh, Genki Sudo... And the giant Silva, and I was seeing fighting going on in a ring. That's a good introduction. Yeah, I was like, what the hell is this? This is awesome. This is like real fighting in a ring. Holy crap, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Were you into
0: Japanese stuff before that? Were you into, like, anime or, like, anything remotely similar to that? Did you watch uh,
1: samurai movies and stuff like that? Sure, yeah, I am actually part Japanese, so... Um, I've always, you know, had a respect and interest in the culture, and also besides that, I've just always loved anime and martial arts and stuff like that, you know, just aside from being Japanese myself, I've always just really liked that sort of culture, you know, Ninja Turtles, stuff like that, I've just always kind of... You ever been to Japan? No, no, I'm afraid to, I'm I'm sure I would get arrested and thrown in prison for like five years at least. Why? Because I'm a wild man, I'd probably get drunk and just paint the town red and like, fly <laughs> through some paper walls. <laughs> no I yeah. don't. I don't trust myself. Are you kidding me? Have you heard this show? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hell I don't know. I, I trust but, you more than I trust me. <laughs>
0: it's like putting on su- it's different like putting on different suits though, eh? You can put on your like, you know, uh reasonable traveler suit. I just know if I went to Japan I'd never come home. <laughs> well maybe it's a good way to go when you're older then.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go out and a blaze of glory in Japan. I want some to somebody those... to do a sword fight. Yeah, <laughs> I want to get some of those panties from the 50-cent machine.
0: Yeah, I'm going to see how many people I can, you know, how many Yakuza's I can go through before I get beheaded.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go fight the Yakuza. <laughs> I, if I was going to do that, I'd probably try to join them. Oh, yeah, join the Yakuza and see how long you can
0: make the run last for?
1: Yeah, then I'd have to get some more tattoos.
0: Yeah, yeah. Some Japanese tattoos, they look pretty good.
1: But anyways, I'm looking at this, these pictures, I'm like, oh my god, this is cool. So fast forward to me being in the mall and being in Suncoast Video, and then seeing those videos and seeing the Pride DVDs and picking them up, taking them home, watching them, getting addicted, uh, finding out about SureDog.com, the big mixed martial arts forum. Uh, I think real- that's where I found you. Probably.
0: Yeah.
1: All right, so you're on SureDog. Yeah, I'm on SureDog, and I'm getting really into it. I finally start posting there randomly. Like, I just, one day I was like, okay, I finally want to get in on this. And I made my first post. And I remember a bunch of people flame me, et cetera, et cetera. And, and I first just, post, right off the bat, ready to go. Yeah, and I, I became, <laughs> like, addicted to this attention that I was getting. I was always trying to be funny. And I, I kept getting banned and it turned into like this big thing like i became famous on there and they just kept banning me and banning me and i couldn't let it go i was so into it and so mad that they kept banning me i started my own forum called ninjashoes.net and that that's where i spent many years just kind of uh building that up and and uh, enjoying the sport through there that's amazing it's pretty much the same thing happened why i started mine too i was you
0: exactly I got into the photoshopping there and had a lot of fun and I just became like right hooked on foruming at SureDog I couldn't get it out I was wasting hours and hours a day <laughs> and they banned me too so I was like fuck this And I, but before SureDog I was on a smaller forum sort of like yours even smaller though and it was just this like little tiny group of people from all over the world and we were talking about pride in the early days too and then that shut down and I was just like man that's where that's where forums are at the little ones
1: yeah, and I was so really into MMA. I mean, there was a time when it was my life, and I, I just had to know everything. I knew it so much about it. I knew everything that was going on. I knew every fighter in every weight class, top ten. I knew their records. I'd seen every fight. But just eventually, I, I just started to just kind of lose interest a little bit. I mean, I hate to say that because it's such a big part of my life and always will be. But I, I just started to get more into this, this conspiracy, this paranormal thing. And it just kind of, the focus just kind of shifted. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm sure that will disappoint and piss off a lot of people. But um, the, the majority of my focus, it went from, you know, being super concerned about who's the best fighter out there to kind of being like, you know what, who really cares who's the best fighter out there? It's more about just kind of enjoying the sport and enjoying the art. And I don't really need to be that obsessed with it. Being obsessed with it doesn't make me a better fighter fighter doesn't really do a damn thing for me so why don't I try to spend my time doing something that contributes to the world a little bit more yeah
0: yeah so what got you like so you what did you get kind of interested in first was it paranormal stuff or was it conspiracy stuff
1: I would have to say that well first off there are certain things I'm not going to be able to talk about just for my safety and also your safety so don't feel like I'm not don't feel like I'm cheating you by not telling you. You are a CIA
2: agent.
1: No, no, no. It's not like that. It's just that um, there were things that happened in my childhood. Some things I can talk about and some things I can't because uh, it just really is that dangerous for me to mention. It has to do with, ooh, I can't even really say what it has to do with. That's how bad it is.
0: Well, I I won't press it. Was it on the paranormal side or the conspiracy? Because that's one of the things I found interesting about you is because you kind of like had this like paranormal edge where you and and your other co host uh, would talk a lot about paranormal stuff. But then you always, I always noticed there was this thread in the background where you were kind of following the conspiracy rabbit holes as well. And then slowly, uh, this is ultimately kind of what made me want to interview you is finding bridges between the two. And that's when things get really interesting. So uh, let me go back to my original question. Like, which kind of started first? What were the major moments that you can remember that uh, sparked those paths of research, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, no problem. So I've been having paranormal experiences since I was a very small child. Uh, I was living on a property with my family that was kind of out in the woods, and there was a bunch of really weird stuff going on out there, um, UFO sightings, uh, paranormal stuff going on inside the house. Uh, my my a, a family member of mine was abducted by aliens. It was my mother. Might as well just come on and say it. Uh, she had an alien abduction. She was abducted by, like, three greys and a, a mantis that called himself the Doctor. And, you know, we, we don't really know what that really was. Was it aliens? Was it demonic? Who really knows? It, it seemed very scary and negative to her. So that's probably the earliest thing that I can remember are those UFO sightings and, and stuff like that going on when I was a real little kid. So I guess to answer your question, it would be the, the paranormal started first. Right.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like little kid, like under
1: 10? Like... Yeah, yeah, like, uh, like under 6. And your, your mom was
0: open with you about it? She talked to you? She told you, you know? Uh... Not not
1: as a child. Like, I heard murmurings of it and, and conversations about it, but it didn't really fully come out until I was uh, well into doing the show when I just sat down and I, I started to kind of grill her about it. I wanted every little detail. Wow. Did she, co- did she cooperate? Did you have a good... Uh... <coughs> oh, yeah. She had no problem telling me. I mean, it's... It was traumatizing for her, so she doesn't like to talk about it. But it, it, she did, and, and getting that information was useful for me because I found correlating stories from other people that experienced the Mantis, also known as the Doctor. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, wow, that's fascinating. Yeah, I've dipped into there before. I have no personal experiences, but um, I've heard a lot of people testifying, and you, you know, you hear it in their in their hearts. You know, this was
1: something that um, is more than just imagined yeah Mm. exactly it's you know whatever is causing this thing that people are experiencing it is it is an
0: experience you experienced it you went
1: through it and it rocked your
0: world I'm not talking you personally I'm just like empathizing with anybody who has something like this Um, you know it's, it's like you said about a tattoo it's a mark on you it's like it happened to you you can't deny it
1: yeah, that's pretty much that's pretty much it. And the thing is though that the mind can be manipulated and I know for a fact that some of these alien experiences they are actually some sort of astral dream state virtual reality hypnosis sort of thing where it's being projected onto the people that are being abducted. But at the same time, I don't, I don't disbelieve in physical abduction. So it's really hard to say what's going on there. You could, the the rabbit hole just keeps going and going and going.
0: What, what corners of those rabbit holes have you found the most interesting or the most helpful for you to, uh, I don't know, get some kind of a focus on, on the things that you're interested in. Do you remember any kind of key books or researchers or, uh, testimonies that, um, that are most interesting to you?
1: Uh, yeah. Well, what, one that really opened up, up many doors for me, many perceptual doors was supernatural by Graham Hancock, which was about
0: huh.
1: encountering entities during a psychedelic experience.
0: Yeah. I'm a fan of Graham Hancock. I like all his like, uh, ancient history, uh, hidden civilizations and stuff like that. I didn't know that he was deep into that. Did you ever do
1: psychedelics? Have you
0: ever had a visionary trip like that?
1: I've I've done quite a few psychedelics. I've done more than I probably should have and I have had some very strange experiences. I've had telepathy happen while on psychedelics.
0: Yeah. I can li- listen, I've I've heard you talk about this before. You, you you tap into these little topics in your show. I've listened to quite a lot of your shows, and you're always sometimes you like talk about your history, and I'm just like, oh man, I wish I could just like talk about that <laughs> instead of listening to it. You know, that's why I'm saying. you're always asking the questions, but um, yeah, I've had some telepathic experiences like that too when I was uh, when I was younger. I had my uh, few experimental years, and. Yeah, you can't deny, man. Um, stuff like that is real for sure.
1: Yeah, it absolutely is, and there's a lot of people out there that are gonna, you know, roll their eyes at it, and and um, it, you know what I mean. There's a lot of people, there's a lot of naysayers and skeptics out there. But my advice to people out there: don't listen to them. Listen to what you know is true. And know what you experienced and know that it is real, and don't worry about what other people think. You'll never be able to please all the critics out there. So just know know yourself and know that your own experiences are real, and, and know that there's other people out there that are pushing this type of research forward that, that want to connect with you and, and want to talk to you and, and want to network. So just everybody keep that in mind.
0: That's great, man. Good advice.
1: Good advice.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um so when did the conspiracy stuff start? Did one connect you to the other, or did you start that sort of independently?
1: Yeah, good question. So, so basically, I was taught at an early age that that the the Book of Revelations was real, and that the did gov- you grow up in a religious family or religious upbringing you went to church what kind of church no I didn't go to church it was like a private thing I was taught privately what would you you call
0: the denomination
1: Uh, revelation (laughs) you
0: you just make it so it was a high focus on revelation yes that's what I'm trying to get at yes wow interesting okay and 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 then how you're relating this to conspiracy rabbit holes like how did that uh... well
1: the whole thing that happens in the book of revelations is a conspiracy it's basically saying that the governments of the world kind of unite and turn into this one world government with the antichrist as the head of it that's kind of the whole story in revelation sort of i mean that's kind of an interpretation i know it doesn't say that exactly but that's sort of the whole idea with the rising of the dragon and the beast and the false prophet and all the natural disasters and all that stuff the coming together and the wars Uh uh-huh that's what's happening yeah yeah (laughs) That's (laughs) <laughs>
0: that's, yeah. <laughs> that's what I wanted to chat with you about because there's few people that have looked into it enough to realize that the correlations are a little bit more than just coincidental. Um like a one world government and it's related to Jerusalem and all this and this like you're you're watching all this geopolitical stuff unfolding and you're just like, Well, if you're really honest about it, it's like you said, this is that's what's happening. So
1: <laughs> All right. Let's let's take a deeper look at this, you know? So, yeah, exactly. You're exactly right. We need to take a deeper look. We need to figure out is it happening because it's supposed to happen? Is somebody making it happen? Is is that a conspiracy? Is the book of revelations true? Is it false? Is it a trick? That's what we need to find out. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's 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 more than just coincidental. Um can I send you an image through Skype here? Does that work?
1: I'm sure. What is it?
0: I just said made you a Photoshop while we were waiting here. Here, wait a second.
1: Image. Well, the listeners can't really see that, so uh, I, mean, yeah, I can comment right, on right. it. But I was—it's an image of. Maybe we'll post it later.
0: It's an image of the Pentagon and the street layout of Washington D.C. in front of the White House.
1: Hmm. You know what I'm getting at? Uh, it's Is it a pentagram or something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You haven't
0: seen that? Have you seen the the street layout of Washington, D.C. in front of the White House?
1: I, I believe I have. I believe I have. And that's uh, something that I did look into a little bit. There's a book by Graham Hancock, who we both like, and it's called The Masters Game. And it's all about that.
0: Dude, look into that, man. It's really fascinating. There's a clear no argument about it around the white house right in front of it there's these like round i don't know energy points or whatever there's four of them around and the white house makes five and there's roads going through these points it's clear as day and they form a perfect uh pentagon or pentagram and at the bottom of it is the White House, exactly in front of it. And then people break it down. And one of the points is a Masonic temple on the right. And you can find other kinds of patterns and stuff. It's way beyond coincidence. And then the Pentagon itself, the military headquarters, is a Pentagon. And if you, the inside is carved out. If you follow the thickness of it, it follows the circle and makes this like perfect pentagram.
1: Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I, um, I find that really hard to ignore. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and there is a reason for that. When big cities like Washington, D.C. were being built and, and uh, Paris, when cities like that were being built, when those various structures were being built inside of the cities, it's all according to a plan. It's all about harnessing something called talismanic magic and it's all about channeling energies from the planet the stars human consciousness and affecting change by using the collective unconscious and using the energies of the world itself to bring about change and what they're trying to do is bring about a new age an age of awakening an age of aquarius
0: i like that phrase you used about uh, affecting the collective unconscious yeah, like, that's like trying to manipulate. Like, if thought affects reality in any way, lots of people have suggested that idea, and I think we can prove it in our own lives, that how we think or how we project our intentions totally has an effect on reality, right? If you think you're never, ever, ever going to make that basketball shot, you're not going to ever make the basketball shot, right?
1: Uh, on a simpler scale. You are completely so if, right so, about that, and that applies. Sophie, Go ahead, start.
0: No, I, I should be letting you talk. I'm I'm failing at
1: my interview skills here. <laughs> no worries. You're never gonna nod a, butt but you know head what I mean. If you can,
0: if you can influence how a great mass of people think about different topics, doesn't that just by its own nature just like create how the reality is going to be and how people will form and what they will do.
1: Yes, Masato, that is one hundred percent right, and that is what these elites are doing. That's what this cabal is doing. They're using magic to affect our reality, and they're keeping us inside a matrix or a box or a prison of their making.
0: But it's a it's a it's a it's an illusion. It's an, an illusion. Uh, illusion matrix. It's not like. Well, I guess there's physical realities too, but we're talking about how it affects thoughts. Like we were talking about uh, your immediate reality versus the reality that we build in our heads based on what we see on TV and the movies and the internet and Twitter. It's this false reality based on, it's like, you know the allegory of Plato's cave, right? It's like you're looking at the wall of the cave where something's projected and, and not the real thing.
1: Yeah, that's a famous allegory, the allegory of the cave, and is in this day and age, it cannot be more true, and I highly advise everybody out there to keep that particular allegory in mind throughout their daily lives and when they watch the news and when people talk to them about what reality is. The fact is that we, you know, again, I go through my daily routine, and if it wasn't for the Internet, if it wasn't for other people telling me this stuff, I have no idea what's really going on out there and that could be said for so many people out there their lives are Sunday morning church and then you watch football and then you go to work and you just want your kids to grow up and be happy and healthy and, and you don't think about these things but these things are why your kids are going to have shitty lives in the future because this earth and this world is being destroyed by parasites. That's like the blue pill eh? You're like you, you forget
0: that all that you that you've seen you forget that you're in the matrix you just go back to living you know so what's the what's the advantage or disadvantage of being able to see or not because i do the same thing sometimes you get so concerned about trying to figure out conspiracies and trying to figure out what's going on in the world that you can lose touch with your immediate reality and you got to come back so how do you balance those things those two realities you know what i mean
1: yeah, uh, and there's something that people do that aren't in secret societies that I try to use for myself. When I'm in my day-to-day life, I keep it separate. That's day-to-day life. And I'm not bringing up conversations about shadow beings and gray aliens and psychic abilities <laughs> and stuff like that because I know scare the shit out of people. They'll just think I'm a huge weirdo. So I keep it for when it's time to do the show, when it's time to have those conversations online or through text messages or people like yourself that actually can resonate and identify with this stuff. I just keep it for the people that have ears to hear and eyes to see. I don't try to... Go out there and change people's minds in that way. If they want to listen to the show, that's their choice. And if they want to be open to it, that's their choice. I'm not going to force it on anybody. Yeah, that's good,
0: man. It's when, as far as we were talking about controlling the collective unconscious, that's like disinformation. You know what I mean? I've been re- realized lately, just like a, a kind of a kind of a big question hit me. How much of the conspiracy information that I've been researching. That I thought was legit um <clears throat> in hindsight now, I wonder how much of that was all controlled opposition and leading down the wrong rabbit holes and things like that uh i'm mostly I was referring to Alex Jones in the early days, I thought he was a killer I was like man, he's busting all all kinds of stories open. Um, and now I'm convinced that he's a total controlled opposition. So it makes me think all that stuff in the past that he was bringing attention to that made him so <laughs> impressive. Was it all disinformation? Or was he onto to certain things that were real, but he was doing it in a controlled manner because they knew it was leaking anyways? Um it makes me think back in hindsight how much of anything that I know now uh, is 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 true or
1: not. Well, he's what what Alex Jones is is he's a manipulator. He manipulates young people to work for Infowars for free. He manipulates the people that listen, and he has handlers that tell him what to do. And every so often, they utilize him as an asset, and they have him go out there and say certain things because they want to create a certain type of political change or some sort of change amongst the conspiracy folk. It used to be that Alex Jones just had a contingent of conspiracy people, but he got so big they decided to try to kind of um, try to push all of the conspiracy people onto the whole right-wing conservative thing, and also he kind of became a voice for the conservatives as well. I mean, not everybody, obviously. A lot of people that are conservatives don't respect him at all, but there's a large contingent of conservatives out there that go to him. He's kind of become one of the faces of the uh, conservative right-wing side of things.
0: Do you know what I mean when I say, like, controlled opposition? Oh, absolutely.
1: There's that famous
0: quote that everybody throws around. It says, if you want to – how does it go? If you want to uh, control your opposition, you have to steer it yourself. You have to direct it yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I caught on to Alex Jones right after 9-11, right? And so right after 9-11 – There was a lot of people talking on the net, a lot of people asking questions, a lot of people totally doing their own investigation and connecting things. It was unavoidable. You couldn't shut it down, right? So if you want to cover things up and it's leaking all over the place, wouldn't you want like kind of like a Pied Piper kind of guy to to lead the charge and, and represent that? new movement and kind of sway all the people to follow him. And you know what I mean? Um, it's already out. You just got to make sure that you lead them into into stupid ground.
1: <laughs> well, look at the latest thing that he's been saying. He's been saying that the elite, the cabal, they have a plan to wipe out Israel. Oh, yeah. his when, when did he start on that? That was just like yesterday or the day before. That was the his his latest big thing. And the thing that doesn't make sense about that is is re- it's in it's on wikipedia it's in any encyclopedia uh, it's everywhere I don't- I don't give much credence to Wikipedia anymore, either. Sure, sure. But the thing is that I'm just saying that this is well-known, established information. What, what I was going to say is that uh, Israel was created by the Rothschild family. that Those are the elite. Those are the wel- most well-known elite slash Illuminati people. And to say that the elite have plans to wipe out Israel, of course they don't. Israel's their baby. They're the ones behind the whole thing. To say that they're, they're getting ready to wipe it out is just comical. Come on.
0: But if you were talking about revelations earlier isn't that part of the story that the world would turn on Israel?
1: Um it says nations will gather in Israel.
0: Yeah, I don't
1: have the the wording
0: memorized. I'm not so sure. I thought that was kind of a part of the story is that there would be some sort of a an attack or something that would be the finally the war to end all wars or something like that. Um
1: y- yeah, but that's because the elite they're using it as a it's a big global chessboard and they can use that freestanding military there which is like its own private army it's a nation state with its own private army and they can they can do whatever they want with it and Our intelligence is very closely tied with Israel's intelligence and the Mossad and all that. A lot of politicians, they're receiving pay from Israel or they own companies or they're involved with companies that are owned by um, people that live in Israel. Uh, There's so many connections both ways. And we give them literally like billions of dollars. We give them millions per day. we, We just channel all this money to Israel. We just completely fund them.
0: I find it hard to ignore that there would be connections between the war on terror and Israel as well. It, they seem so obviously interrelated and connected, but nobody ever really brings that into the into the mix and the conversation when they discuss the war on terror. What is it about? You know what I mean? Nobody seems to talk about
1: uh, that. There's like this. It, thing called Israel that's right in the middle of it. Um, and, and you uh, know Masado, let's clarify because I'm not going to have anybody call me an anti-Semite or call you an anti-Semite. You, you've really hardly said anything on it first of all but I'm not going to let anybody do that because let me let me start off by saying that there's a big difference between anti-Semitism and being against the Zionist movement and there are some very brave and and very strong and brave Jewish people that go out there and protest in Israel against Zionism, against what's going on in Gaza against the genocide, against their their own people being manipulated for the for the means to an end of these, these horrible, elite, fake Jewish people that don't could care less about any actual Jewish people and they just want to use them and use the situation and use Israel for their own agenda.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nicely said, nicely said, yeah, exactly. I find I don't find the anti Semitism I don't know. I, it doesn't it kind of rolls off my back. I don't find it a, a credible argument when people are talking it's like you said you're talking geopolitics if you're talking zionism you're talking like how governments are behaving and how militaries are behaving and how people are scrambling for different land on the chessboard and stuff like that. that has nothing to do with uh That's not a religious thing, right? That's that's just politics.
1: Yeah, it's a a money thing. I don't want a big chunk of my paycheck going to something that has nothing to do with me or my country and is completely unfair and racist against people with dark skin. I don't want to be a part of that.
0: Yeah, yeah. So,
1: but how can you not be a part of it? Like, I'm
0: assuming... I'm assuming you pay your taxes. Otherwise you'd probably be locked up or have you found ways around it? I, I don't want you to confess to things <laughs> yes, on air, it, yes, but like completely like, avoiding it's, it's like we're talking about the trap <laughs> of like, how do you not comply? I have some friends who are trying very hard to not comply and, uh, looks fucking hard, man. It looks really impossible actually. And I'll be, I'll admit that I comply in many ways, um, for different reasons, just cause I, I can't see a way out of it. We're, we're in it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We and, need and to like, chase that money. We're all, we're all branded. Um, exactly, we're all in debt.
1: exactly. And and I completely pay all my taxes. So nobody gets that twisted. Please. I don't owe a penny no, to the IRS
0: because you're being extorted, right? Like that's why I pay my taxes too. And I pay taxes to things that I find, uh, to be, well, frankly, quite evil. Right? Um, and I have considered making some kind of a tax protest, but it's like, you ain't going to win that, man. Um, yeah, you know, you know I, what so I, I just actually, consider it like thugs or like, you know, living in New York and you have some mafia guys coming to your door every Sunday saying like, hey, pay up.
1: Uh, yeah, and you know, I actually don't mind paying taxes. I am... I am a democrat. I mean I'm not a democrat. I do believe in democracy. I'm not a part of any uh, political party. Probably libertarian if I had to pick one. But I believe in democracy. I believe in uh you know capitalism to, to a certain extent, of course. And I have no problem paying my taxes if it goes to pay for schools, it goes to pay for roads, it goes to pay for, you know, helping the homeless or, or single mothers that really need the help. I have no problem with that. What I don't like is my money going to fund these bullshit pro- proxy wars that are just designed to make a few people rich. That's what I have a problem with.
0: Yeah, yeah. well said. Well said. But it's hard It's hard not to. It's hard to, to really unplug. That's the That's the hard thing. You ever think about what that mark that they talk that uh, people won't be able to buy or sell without the mark in their hand or in their foreheads?
1: Yeah, and you know, that's a big part. Part of this, and it's really hard to say exactly what the mark is because um, there's good evidence that we may have already received the mark. Anybody with an Apple iPhone out there, uh, we all know that these phones can be used as listening devices. They have a microphone. They have a camera. All of our mm-hmm. monetary stuff is going through the phones now. Our schedules in there. All of our friends and family, all kinds of conversations, naked pictures, all kinds of stuff. And if you look at the back of your iPhone, it has a picture of an apple with a bite taken out of it. Kind of like I'm, it I'm looking at out. it
0: right now. It's in my right hand. I'm holding this motherfucker. And there's a bite taken. And that goes back to some biblical stuff too. Uh The apple was the fall. It was the, the tree of knowledge, right? The tree of good and evil when we broke from uh a different state of consciousness. I find that tale really interesting. Not, not that I believe literally in any kind of a story like that, but it's an allegory of, um, it's the Luciferian path, right? It's, it's, it's knowledge of good and evil, that mankind through his own will and intellect can dominate the nature and, and make himself into a god and do what he wants by his own willpower. Or, before that, when you succumb to nature and you're just like a part, uh, of everything else and you're not trying to, to to wreck it. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, that's exactly it. Um, wow. You know, there's so much I can get into here. Well, first off I can say that I don't think that we'll ever have to actually take a physical chit because they're already putting things in our body with these chemtrails. They're putting little nanoparticles into our bodies and they're doing all kinds of strange things. Um, There's reports of people having, like, things that resemble insects or spider legs growing out of their skin. There's people that claim that they have um, actual, like, little bugs that will jump in and out of their skin and hide in the walls and stuff like that. So it very well may be that we all have these nanofibers inside of us already, which could be activated or used for all kinds of different reasons at any point. And that really sucks to think about that, but it goes to show how much control that they have actually established and how few laws and regulations there are to protect us from stuff like that. But then it brings
0: the question that at what point does it become harmful to a human life to know so much or to be afraid of so much? Like when does it become just pure paranoia where you think that you're constantly being attacked and you're worried that you have nanobots that you breathe in and you're looking up at the sky every day and and wondering what they're dropping on you and you, you got super water filters in your backyard because of the fluoride and you know what i mean like you can turn nutty thinking about this stuff uh how do you find the balance between being aware and trying to protect yourself and and be you know what I mean, like be vigilant of what kind of programming is trying to affect yeah, you, yeah, I
1: see what you're getting at and, and being
0: a natural person too, yeah. and be in, and just like enjoying I don't know, it's a hard balance to find sometimes,
1: yeah, well, I can say I've never really been a normal person, I've never been the type that really really fit in. I've always kind of just been a weirdo and an outcast and it's only, you know, in my adult life that I've started to kind of become okay with that because, um, I I see there being a strength there. There there's a strength in being a lone wolf. If I wasn't a lone wolf, if I wasn't a little bit of a loner, this show would have never happened. I kind of had to go off on my own tangent and I had to find my own way because if I was, if I had a bunch of friends that were always pulling me back inside of the matrix, you know, through um, through uh, ridicule and things like that, and reinforcement, then I would not have ever done this show. So, people out there that enjoy the show, you should be glad that I'm a weirdo and I'm a loner because the show would not exist without it. And I, to tell you the truth, I don't think that there is. A normal life once you become woken up you can't expect to have riches or or you know a family life and stuff like that because once you figure out what's going on you have to start asking yourself certain questions do i even want to bring in do i want to bring a child in a world that's full of thought control and brainwashing would i want to put my child through that or have to put my child through this demonic school system which is basically just an indoctrination program or a prison yeah, you got it, man.
0: I'm a parent, pay. Eh? I struggle with these ideas a lot. Uh these kind of questions. Um like you said, like at what point do I become a nut and try to protect my kids from everything and and freak them out telling them that there's a that there's an evil agenda out there to, you know, um does that hurt them if you go too far in that direction too, you know? Can you mellow out a little bit and think like maybe the stranglehold is not as tight as you think. Like, do they really have their fingers in everything? Is everybody a zombie? Or can you trust your neighbors and can you be in a place where reality is, is is untouched still, and they don't really have their tentacles uh, in anybody's heads here. You know what I mean? Um,
1: yeah, of course. And you've got to keep in mind that they would love for you to feel that way. They'd love for you to think that they've got their fingers and everything. They have absolute control and domination. But let me tell you, that could not be further from the truth. The reason why they're doing this stuff is because they know they're losing control. They know they're losing the battle. And they're really working hard to make us think otherwise and to box us in and tighten their grip But the truth is, there's an undercurrent And I'm going to get a little uh, quasi-religious and annoying on people, but there is a God out there, there is a greater good, and these people could not be more afraid of God. That's why they want to snuff out his existence, they want to snuff out anybody's belief in God, because it scares the shit out of them, because that is the one thing that they can't control. That's the one underlying thing that could take control at any second, and screw up their plans, and screw things up for them, that they cannot stand, that they don't want to admit, and when it does pop up, it scares the living shit out of them because like I said it's the one thing they cannot control Is this something that you've recently
0: kind of tapped into or uh, like from my perspective following you kind of loosely through different forums here and there and on Twitter it seemed like a few months ago you kind of like pumped up that perspective of things like a, a much more religious kind of perspective of it is this a recent uh epiphany that you've had where you've been inspired to to think about things in those terms or have you always had a, a, a kind of a religious undercurrent to the way that you live your life
1: well i think i always believed in god at some level but when I became a teenager, maybe even before then, I, you know, I really rebelled against religion, against the Christian God, against belief in Jesus, and any of that stuff, you, you know, it's fake, it's made up, it's control, it's brainwashing, it's an operating system for the mind, um, you know, all those arguments were made to me, and I, I totally believed them, you know, there's a lot of peer pressure, oh, you believe in that, what a dork, you know, why would you believe in that, what about the dinosaurs, stuff like that, and that huh. really pushed me away from any sort of uh, you know, religion, I, I still kind of always believed that there was some kind of God or source out there, but I became much more atheistic, materialistic, and uh, even later on started to embrace some of these... Um, you know personal power almost like luciferian type of ideas i mm. i started to think that the luciferian stuff you know i, I was getting into magic and the cold and i was mm. like hey this is cool i want to be a god i want to i want to value the human intellect you I can want can to- get
0: whatever you dream you can have whatever you want yeah you can go you can go get it anything is yours
1: Yeah, it's very selfish. You know, some of the self-help sort of success stuff, um, you know, it's all about making money for yourself. It's all about glorification of your own self. You know, it it has some good stuff, like there's an intellectual side of it where where you're pushing the knowledge of the human race forward and and things like that. But then there's this other side of it where you start pushing things forward so fast, you lose sight of everything and, and you become very you're, you're so set in motion that you cannot even see how, how arrogant and selfish and self-centered that you've become. I find that
0: it, it also, it dissolves any kind of morals or ethics. Yes. Like uh, Alistair Crowley said, like do without wilt will be the whole of the law. Like mm-hmm. that's because really if you follow that direction and I've, I've thought about this a lot. If you, if you follow it to its end conclusion, there's no more morality anymore. You know what I mean? Like you can't have, like try to find what would you base your morals on anymore and it's all self-interest. You know what I mean? Um, so it all dissolves out of nowhere and then everything becomes justified. It's really kind of scary when you go in that direction.
1: Yeah, it it truly is and I just had a moment where I was just kind of like, hey, um, I'm, I'm really, really into this sort of way of thinking But is this really the way? Is this really what's right? I don't feel like it is. And at the same time, I was learning about this Luciferian deception, the the Luciferians, and this this multi-layered matrix of deception that's going on out there. And there were certain guests I had on, Robert Stanley, Gregory Lessing, Garrett, and those two shows really really kind of opened my eyes to the fact that that Luciferian stuff, it's really not good. And if you look at the people that are It's really not good. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And if you look at the people that are into it, they're the worst people on the planet. That's
0: That's why... Check your Skype. I I Skyped you that image. That's why... Yeah, it's like the images of the pentagons in, in the military and stuff. This is this is the most evil thing that's happening. Oh, the, I, I just got that by the way.
1: I, the, I just
0: the got, U.S. foreign I, policy and what they do. It's pure evil. It's horrible, horrible. Yes. And that is their symbolism. That's you know what I mean. That's their root of of what they're doing. Um, yeah, yeah,
1: and uh, really uh, Misato, while you're talking, uh, sorry to interrupt, but while you're talking, I, I did re- receive some sort of electronic zap. My uh, left ear went completely dead. I felt a pressure sensation along with some very serious ear ringing just as we were talking about that topic.
0: Oh, I hope you're all right. Can you still hear in that ear?
1: Yeah, I can. I can hear in that ear just fine, but... Um, It's kind of something that will happen at certain moments, and I know it probably sounds very paranoid and very psycho, but uh, this has been happening to me since I was a child, so I know that it's not tinnitus. I know that it's not the refrigerator or anything like that. It it happens when um, I'm going outside of my bounds that that they have for me. That's when it happens. Hmm.
0: Can you find any way to uh, defend from that or to resist it or disconnect yourself from it?
1: using white magic spells and defense spells seems to kind of shut it down a little bit.
0: Interesting. Hey, I got another question for you. We talk about how control of the collective unconscious is such a powerful weapon to be used. If you can control what people think and what they believe and their values and what's important and what they admire and what they, you know what I mean? And what they know about, you can totally shape the way that, everything functions right so for a long time it was control of the media it was there's no people talk about all the time how the major media in North America is on all owned by a very small handful of companies and uh, anybody who looked into things like 9-11 or or the Warren Commission will know that the media is in on it and they will cooperate you know you were talking about Rothschilds earlier find their connections to big mainstream media it, back in the day, the the big uh, newspapers out of Washington and New York and stuff like that, the Rockefellers. Uh, that's a whole different topic. You you know what I'm talking about, I'm sure, right? So what do you think of this turn now where the, the mainstream media, who I've been hating for years, I saw them sell 9-11 and the war on terror. It's clear as day, they all... C- you know, they all just backed up the official story and sold that war on terror and brainwashed everybody into, into a frenzy. Um, what do you think of now that it's being torn down and ridiculed that the president of the United States is thrashing the mainstream media and, uh, half the country is no longer believing anything they say and CNN's turned into a joke and, uh, there's this big schism now in reality, uh, that nobody really follows the mainstream media as religiously as before. It used to have total control. Through the Bush era, I watched it myself, through the Bush era and the Obama era, the mainstream media had full control over 80% of the population. Uh, could steer them left, could steer them right, could steer them anyway, could hide information from them, but now everything's different. How do you see that mechanism being destroyed before our eyes right now? It's being, you know, it's being ripped apart. What do you think is going on?
1: Uh, it's actually an illusion. What you're seeing is an illusion. They're just trying to trick everybody and pull the wool over their eyes once again. They're trying to portray Trump as some sort of modern day John F. Kennedy, which could not be further from the truth. Uh, Trump is completely controlled by the Zionists. By the Illuminati. They're just trying to make it seem like he's a rebel and he's against it. Because it's controlled opposition. It's yes. controlled opposition.
0: They're leading the pack. They knew that there was a, a huge percentage that wasn't buying into the Hillary bullshit and that they were they were tired of a lot of they were onto a lot of the conspiracy truths about the world. Um and I think Trump was the you're totally right, man. He was the controlled opposition, the Pied Piper. They
1: all followed him. Uh yeah, and that's the I, thing, and, and I felt for it too. I was so pro Trump. I was like, Trump, Trump, Trump. Like I was. I that was, was like-
0: one of my questions. I was just like, Where do you stand on Trump? Because there was a time when you were, you know, when you really thought highly of him, and um, I'm actually relieved to hear now that you've figured out that he's. Uh there's more to it than that, right?
1: Yeah, and let me uh add that I don't dislike Trump. I don't hate him. I still think he's hilarious. He's highly entertaining. I love the stuff that he says when he puts people in their place. He's a super smart guy, super successful, great businessman. The way that he handled that campaign and and legitimately... He was Hillary, a boss, man. Yeah, he fucking worked, killed yeah, it. That was, he, he legitimately was a I think all ads.
0: presidents are nasty sociopaths, right? They're all insane evil crazy scary people but as far as presidents go yeah you how can you not appreciate uh, he he tweets every day he just speaks from the hip he just like knocks he he doesn't just read speeches from a teleprompter it's really fresh to see politically even if he is uh you know doing some nasty shit
1: yeah exactly and really even though this is funny and is entertaining and I personally find it hilarious. It's just not good for our society. It's not good for our world because he's gaslighting all of these liberals, all these democratic voters, and now it's getting to the point where these Antifa people are riding in the streets and the and the Trump people are fighting with them. So we got Americans being violent against other Americans, beating each other up, youth youth, young people that don't even know what's going on. They're just being manipulated and they're hurting each other. And yes, this is partly because of Trump, because he's not not a good leader because he talks all this smack like a kid on social media and in the news instead of being a leader and and, you know saying what he should say to calm people down and create peace he's doing the opposite of that he's talking about Omarosa and Rosie O'Donnell and Hillary and he's 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 talking about they're not talking about Yemen are they that there you go they're not talking about Palestine are they there you go why why is it anybody talking about Gaza? Why aren't we really going after the, why aren't we really cleaning the swamp? I mean, you have this character Q yes. on 4chan that's saying, oh, Trump's doing this, Trump's doing that, but there's no I evidence ain't seen I didn't see nothing. I didn't see nothing. Exactly. There's no evidence for it. It's just all completely fake. I do enjoy the po- political banter. I enjoy the stuff that Trump says, but to think that he's going after pedophiles or that he's going after the elite. Uh, people don't feel bad. I fell for it too, but it's just not the truth. It's not that, <laughs> you know, I yeah, wish it was if true. If I had seen one little bit of evidence,
0: um, I could I could get excited about it too, but I haven't seen nothing.
1: Yeah, see, that's the thing. That's the thing. And
0: in, in the opposite, I've actually seen total cooperation with uh you know the project for the new american century foreign policy the the military campaign on the war of terror it's just going totally as scheduled, and he's cooperating with israel left, right, and center on everything yes um you know he's not fighting anything you know what I mean like it's business as usual that's what we've seen through several presidencies uh they argue about the little things and they get us squabbling uh but the major the major agendas, they just keep trucking through.
1: Yeah, because the truth is they would not, not really let a real rebel or a real freedom fighter or a real truth seeker or even really a, a good, kind-hearted, good leader into the White House as president. They're all people that are completely bought and paid for by uh, you know, the rich elite. They fund them completely. Uh, Trump and his father have received money from these people i don 't know the exact details. I apologize if I have that wrong or partially wrong, but they they 've all received money for their for their businesses and their campaigns and Obviously, Obama was very sponsored by by the uh, Council of Foreign Relations. He did a speech in front of them, and he was very sponsored by george soros who is
0: that 's a key to lots of things. The Council on Foreign Relations.
1: Yes. Do you think do you think that they always say the
0: classic thing is to divide and rule or divide and conquer? Uh do you think that there's an active agenda right now to try to make the the, the chasm between the left and the right as far as possible to yes. really yes. uh and polarize and make each side as extreme as possible? and I see this on my Twitter feed, eh? Do you not see uh way more posts bumping to the top that are really post Uh, pushing either extreme right wing or extreme left wing or just like polarizing 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 to get people just hating each other do you see this as being a something that's going on right now especially with the Trump thing there's either uh you know you're either praying that Hillary comes uh, back for for the next election or you're done with mainstream media altogether and it's like you're either one or the other now you're either left or right it's a huge gap now there's no middle ground anymore um do you see is some like instigating some kind of civil
1: war well, uh, yeah, and I can explain exactly how it was happening. I mean, on one side, you had Maxine Waters saying, we got to get in their faces. We got to show up on their porches, on their doorstep. We got to do this. We got to do that. And sure enough, that's how the radical left wing responds. They they start doing things like that. And then on the other side of the equation, you've got Alex Jones, who's the voice somehow became the voice of the far-right conservatives. And he's saying, oh, we're going to fight back. Trump supporters, let's go out there. And it's still going on. He's saying, He said similar things today. The, everybody's getting manipulated. They're getting riled up and turned against each other because that's what these Illuminati want. They want Americans fighting Americans in the streets. People, do not fall for it. That's not protesting. The right kind of protesting that works, what worked during the civil rights movement, is peaceful protesting. You're being manipulated into hurting each other and getting into getting hurt yourself. And you're not even fighting for anything. You're fighting for a bullshit cause. Please, stay off the streets. Don't show up to any of these violent rallies. Don't let yourself get manipulated. Even if it's
0: not a violent rally, I've seen firsthand how easily a peaceful rally can get uh hijacked uh all you need is three guys with black masks to come in and start smashing shit and then the media comes and takes a picture of all their smashing and uh then the cops come and break it all up and it's over and everybody went home ac- achieving nothing um yeah it that's a tough one too uh how do you protest uh in any kind of effective way i've seen people you know it's sad to say, they waste a lot of their energy. They waste a lot of time standing up and, and yelling at the at the sky. You know what I mean? Um yeah, that's a tough one too.
1: Yeah, that's kind of what's going on, and there's a lot of reasons why it happens. Uh, for one thing, it's a distraction. It's a distraction from the various things that are really going on out there in the world. And there's Exactly. Another- Nobody will pay attention to the real news if they're all mad about Omarosa. You know what
0: I mean? Like it's, they can control. The, yeah, they can control. Who does David Icke say? He, has, he came up with a great phrase. He said, energy flows where attention goes.
1: Yeah, and there's another reason for it too because, see, right now, Trump is gaslighting, he's pissing off the liberals, and he's getting conservatives. What other does that mean? Me.
0: I hear people always talking about gaslighting, but I don't know what that means. What does gaslighting mean?
1: uh well it's just kind of you say certain things to kind of piss people off and make them feel weird so that you can get a reaction from them it's it's kind of like baiting somebody but you're making right. them feel like they're off or they're mentally ill or something's wrong with them he he really has it down to an art form and the and the reason why they're doing this is because they're trying to do, just as you said, Masato, they're trying to polarize everybody, and they're especially trying to polarize the old folk against the youth. That's why they have these college professors out there pushing Zionism on college campuses. That's I'm not Zionism socialism, I'm so sorry. They're probably pushing that too, but they're pushing socialism, Marxism, communism on college campuses, and th- this is having a great effect on our youth. They're being brainwashed with this Marxist bullshit, this trash, this Garbage, right. this this garbage that gets millions upon millions killed and makes everybody poor. They're pushing this on the youth because after Trump's reign is over, after his second term is over, because we all know he's going to win again because it always goes eight years. You think eight you years. think he'll win again? Well, of course. There's no doubt about. It. Anybody that thinks otherwise is lying to themselves. I mean, come on. Have we ever not had a Democrat Republican Democrat Republican for eight years at a time? Of course. That's how they push. That's how they manipulate everybody. It's part of it.
0: But I think you're right. After that, they're going to swing it way left again, right? Yeah.
1: I've, that is the I've plan. seen that
0: pattern before. They swing it right, like uncomfortably far, and everybody's so uncomfortable with it because it's way too right. Then, then they bring in a left-wing hero, and everybody's like, oh, great. Finally, somebody who can – right? And then it, it swings way back left again. After Bush – uh Bush Jr. who launched the war on terror, they brought in Obama remember? Uh and everybody bought into it, they sold it they did the same thing here in Canada we had Stephen Harper who was like tyrant right wing leader Uh did so many amazingly uncomfortable things for the country and then they swung it left again, exactly the same trick so I'm wondering now, they're swinging it way right with Trump and then they're gonna swing it way left again. they're gonna have some uh some left wing liberal hero who watch they're gonna bring it. It could be a woman maybe that, that they bring to that character, and everybody will buy into it. It'll be I heard a good argument the other day, not an argument, but just uh just a discussion. They were saying that most people are either can put into two different psychological camps. So you're either kind of lean towards liberal thinking. Or you're conservative thinking Um, and not politics in everything. You know what I mean? You're either kind of free and messy and kind of artistic and think about things in terms of emotion and feelings or you'll have somebody who's very like kind of really rigid and organized and has a good work ethic and and follows the rules and and does everything proper. Uh, And these are like two different psychological species and you can and one doesn't understand the other, and you can really polarize those people really quickly if you if you manipulate those sides of them. I see that happening,
1: and that's exactly what's going on. See, what's happening right now is that Trump is gaslighting everybody. He's pissing off the liberals, the Democratic voters, etc. And these young people that are being brainwashed with socialism and communism, they're being pushed to the far, far left. Yeah. And when, once his term is finally over what we're going to see is we are going to see the open borders and we are going to see the rules against so-called hate speech. They're sending it all up as we speak. And this is done because once they get that stuff done, the next step is to, once you have open borders and once you can tell people what they can and can't say, the next thing that you do is you just, you know, you turn it into a one world government. That's what it's all moving towards. It's moving towards a one world government and it's moving towards this Luciferian new age sort of mentality. This, um, this transhumanist sort of philosophy. That's where everything's headed. And all this manipulation is just designed to get us there quicker and quicker.
0: Yeah. And, Sometimes something that I grapple with is that they're always selling something that on the surface, it makes sense that everybody can agree with. And then they twist it a little too far. You know what I mean? Like they'll take like environmentalism. Who can who can argue environmentalism? Obviously, we don't want to mess up the planet. Obviously, we should keep keep it clean and preserve nature and not pollute too much. Who can't get on board with that, right? But then they'll twist it into like global carbon tax. You know what I mean? And it's like, well, I, that's a little too far, right? So, or they'll take like, um, any other kind of issue that on the surface everybody can agree, okay, yes, equality, sure, um, blah, 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 and then they'll take it too far. So sometimes I see the same thing with like, like a global government, like, uh, Socialism, mass socialism, uh, if everybody's taken care of, like some Star Trek world, you know what I mean? Where everybody can, we can all be in harmony and, and travel freely around the world and nobody's discriminated against. Sounds wonderful, right? But when you look at the people who are actively trying to set this up, they show nothing but wickedness. Right? It's who are you given the, the control of that to? Who, who, what hands are you gonna hand that over to and let them design it if it was in the hands of of people that showed better character i might be on board but how can you follow these guys man
1: yeah that's the thing that when you don't have anybody that you can turn to when you don't have anybody that you can look up to and when you find out that the people that you do look up to are either being manipulated or are actual psyops or cointail pro agents or cia agents or whoever they work for it's very disheartening and i've had a lot of people that just will kind of shut down and i'll say hey you know alex jones he's fake and because they enjoy his videos and they're entertained by them they don't want to let it go it's like pro wrestling it's like they don't want to stop watching raw <laughs> smackdown you know it's like yeah a-
0: i have a i have a lot of empathy for that like like i said like i went through many different stages of conspiracy research uh all the way from being you know mildly traumatized when 911 hit and even more traumatized when i saw that all the news people were lying about it that fucked me up right uh so you go through these different stages down the rabbit hole, and I've seen people fall off the edge, and I've seen people lose their mind and think that they have to be, uh, you know, like preachers and go out and spread the word. And I've heard other, I've seen other people get locked into certain views. Um, it does a number on the human psyche, you know. So anybody who can navigate those waters and try to find some some balance in life is, uh, I find that admirable. If you can do that, because it's a tough ride, man.
1: Yeah, the, and the truth is, like, like I was kind of getting getting to before, I, I don't really think that there is a balance. I mean, this is it's the same world you're in. Like whether you want to turn it on or off, you're still going to be hit by the same things. It's still, you know, your money's getting taken out of your paycheck every time you get a paycheck, the, and it's going to fund these black ops projects and these chemtrails and these proxy wars going on. People getting slaughtered by drones. It's Really sick. It's like as Americans, we're on top of this sort of parasitic pyramid, this capitalist pyramid. And, you know, even though I'm for democracy and for capitalism, it does kind of make me sick thinking that these shoes I'm wearing were made by freaking starving little kids in China. You can't get away. You can't
0: get away with it. If you were born and exist in this system, you were plugged into it and you can't get away with it. The things that we buy, the stores that we shop at, the gas that we fill up our cars with, you can't function. I have a friend of mine who who is trying his best to not cooperate with the system. He sees it so powerfully and emotionally. He's full-on vegan. He won't eat anything like that. And he just sees the the whole system as being just like evil and wrong. And he wants to try to take a stand. Uh, and it doesn't get him far, man. He spent time in jail uh, he's tried to fight the courts with, like, some of that free man stuff, and he just keeps getting slammed back. Now he's all stuck because he doesn't have licenses and permits to do things, and, um man, it's hard to, you know what I mean? Like, you, you are plugged in, like it or not, so...
1: <clears throat> yeah how do you, that's the I, truth and we only have so much time on this earth and we all have to pay our bills and we all have to eat and we need food and shelter and you know so how do you make a meaning,
0: meaningful life knowing these things what is valuable what's what's an honorable life is it only standing up and trying to fight the beast or is is there is there some value in life that can be found even knowing these truths at the same time without taking that blue pill and going back to to La La Land, you know what I mean? Like, can you live honorably knowing these things, or are we doomed to be paranoid conspiracy fucks for the rest of our life?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you could look at it that way, but I don't really think that it's easy to go back into the box. I mean, you can't just forget. I mean, let's say you love football. Well, you start watching football, eventually you come to the Super Bowl and then it's halftime and you, you're trying to enjoy the game and you see this big occult brainwashing ritual going on. There, there's really no escaping it. Uh, you yeah. know, everybody out there, they're either, most people are either on the right or they're on the left. They're actively being manipulated and they might feel like they're living normal lives and they might even be happy to a certain extent, but it's, it's a false happiness. It's a, it's a fake happiness. You're, you're, if, unless you're living a life that is true and is real, then you're you're always being cheated because you're having to be a part of this society that is taking advantage of the kids and the sweatshops. Uh, you know, th- this country itself, there's a history of slavery, not just of blacks, but about but of Irish and Native Americans, and there, there's a history of violence and stealing land and stuff like that, and as Americans, we don't want to talk about it. It's almost considered un-American to say, oh, that's horrible that the United States dropped an atom bomb on Japan or had those camps going or or had the or the Tuscan gee experiments against black folk and stuff like that. And nobody wants to talk about those things because it's considered, considered non-patriotic, un-American, but it's reality. It's the truth. This country is built upon... A legacy of racism, segregation, bloodshed, genocide. There's no getting around those things. I still love my country. I'm still very proud to be an American. But to act like that stuff didn't happen, well, that's not really right either.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You find solace in, in, in religious thought sometimes because that's how they kind of paint it. There's always stories in the Bible of characters who, uh, had to endure evil times and, you know, maintaining the faith among the storm. You know what I mean? Um,
1: well, I do think that we are in a modern day Babylon. You know, that's why I say from the broken ruins of Babylon, I'm I'm in America. I'm in America right now. I'm broadcasting from America. I'm broadcasting from Babylon.
0: Totally. When you look at when you look at that in like a timeline, uh, yeah, it's we're living in super interesting times for sure.
1: Yeah, and, you know, who knows what's going to happen. A lot of this UFO stuff, is it aliens, is it fake, is it government, is it demons, et cetera, et cetera. To me, it doesn't really matter. We can all at least agree that this phenomena is real And it's going to have implications on our lives. It's going to have implications on the future. There's something going on in our skies, something very alien, whether it's aliens or not. And the technology that they have, it is out of this fucking world. I've seen it myself. It is beyond our wildest dreams. And it's very possible that they have this stuff stashed somewhere on the other side of the moon or underground or under the ocean. Who knows where it's at, but it's out there and there are people humans even that have this technology and they're keeping it they're hoarding it all to themselves
0: i think about that a lot when you look at the budgets and the black budgets and the money that goes disappearing what was it It was like trillions of dollars the day before 9-11 just went missing you can find that video of donald Rumsfeld uh testifying it was like the day before 9-11 he's just like yeah it's gone we can't find it don't know where it went and there's always black budgets. Canada had the same thing around the same time. $2.3 trillion just went missing. And they said the best explanation they could give is that it went to anti-terror funds or something like that. There's so much money being funneled into, if you even look at the known statistics. The U.S. military gets way more funds than like anything else, like hospitals and schools and stuff. It's pitiful compared to the military. So there's this, Tons of money being funneled into this amazing military. What, to fight a bunch of, like, Arabs in the desert? You know what I mean? Like, sometimes I think that there's way more to it than that, that there's all kinds of secret black ops stuff. And a lot of that technology is, uh, yeah, it's just stuff that we're not supposed to know about.
1: Yeah, exactly. We're not supposed to know about it because... They want to slow release it to us in a very controlled manner so things don't get out of hand for them. The last thing they want is you know, all these little crazy countries with crazy dictators that the CIA controls. The last thing they want is for this type of weaponry and technology to get in the hands of those people or get in the hands of the general public that might use the technology to overthrow them. So that's why they keep it for themselves but the fact that people are having these experiences and they're happening more and more, we need to pay attention to this. There's something going on and it's accelerating. It's happening faster and faster and we're headed for something major. Look at what's going on, people. There are literally people fighting and beating each other up and even killing each other in the streets and I predicted this stuff was going to happen months before it started to happen and it is indeed happening. Yeah,
0: and, but then we were talking about how it can bring kind on of paranoia a, f- a good friend of mine t- asked the question that when you've been aware of big lies, right? Like I am have no – for me, it's a total fact that 9-11 was a lie. The mainstream media told the lie. It was written and staged and produced, um, you know. So when you see things that big, you can't help but wonder what else are they lying about, And then you think of like the budgets, like I said, the black budgets, and you talk about UFO phenomenon, how many people have witnessed things. Uh, It does get a little scary when you start asking yourself, okay, how much have I really been lied to? How much of what I think I know is total bullshit? And how many things, you know what I mean? Like, how deep does it go? Are they just covering things up on the surface? And we just find little conspiracies here and there, but basically... Our reality is is what it seems, minus a few things. Or is it is it comp- you know what I mean? Like you've seen people, they'll go as far as start talking about flat Earth and things like that. That everything is fake and everything is, is is a trick, and you can't trust anything. How far do you go with that? You know what I mean? Because really, how can you tell if if this is fake? Then how much else is fake, right? Uh, where do you draw the line?
1: Yeah, and you don't want to become paranoid. There are indeed individuals out there that are affected by mental illness, and perhaps they have some sort of electrochemical imbalance in the brain. Perhaps it's evil spirits or demonic entities that are somehow parasitizing their minds. Uh, but regardless, there are people out there that are genuinely mentally ill and believe things are going on that are simply not going on. So you have to really keep that in mind, and you have to keep in mind how easy it is to – actually lose your mind when you start getting into this stuff because it goes deep it can be very depressing it can lead to anxiety paranoia you have to be a very strong person with a very strong constitution with a very strong frame to to get through it otherwise you could very well just lose yourself to it
0: yeah that's why i find it interesting i went through kind of a journey like you where you kind of raised i was raised uh with religious influence and then there was a time you kind of turn your back on it and you're like ah that's all nonsense i'm going to start thinking for myself questioning and looking at other things right and i was very surprised that the many of the conspiracy rabbit holes that i've been digging through they start to lead back to some kind of religious principles and relig- like you said like you, you you can connect them up and it becomes kind of a spiritual warfare kind of thing. It's two ways of thinking. You're either in kind of a love kind of thinking or you're in a like a selfish, destructive kind of thinking and what's going on in the world. So it's interesting when that it comes back to that, that it starts leading in those directions. I find it gives me peace anyway to think, maybe not in any kind of specific religious way, but in somewhere in those kind of a terms, uh, it makes it tolerable <laughs> to to think of what's going on. But you can still find beauty in in creation. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, exactly. I, I think that really that is one of the keys to this. Is Reconnecting with nature, um, realizing that your body has chakras inside of it and an energy system. Your chi, you know, this is from the martial arts Asian sort of world, but your chi or your ki or your kundalini from india that is a concept that is very real and what these evil elite cabal demonic motherfuckers are doing is they're throwing off our body's natural flow of energy they're doing things to our shocker system they're screwing it up they're introducing a lot of toxic harmful environmental things on us you know uh, the pollution, the fluoride in the water, the stuff in our food, the, the, the stuff that we see on TV or in movies that lowers our vibration. This is all affecting our body's energetic field. It's affecting our vibration. It's affecting our mental state. And this is why you have so many people committing suicide out there or becoming mentally ill or getting cancer. It's because we've completely disconnected from that healing energy of nature. I mean, if you want to heal yourself, one of the best things you can do is clean up your diet take off your shoes, go step in some uh, dirt outside or some grass or some dirt and just look up at the sun for a little while and let that energy come back to you and, and become reconnected to Mother Earth. Uh, but you've got to put on like 30 sunscreen before you do that. Maybe. Maybe that's all bullshit.
0: I mean, <laughs> no, I'm making a joke. We, oh. were th- we were talking about this, how now everybody's afraid of nature. They'll put on mosquito repellent, spray themselves, and they'll put on sun repellent because you can't have the sun and it's like... Man, that's the sun. That's nature. Like, yes. why you want to build these barriers? Like, go soak some up, man. You're totally right.
1: It, look at the Superman comics. Superman gets his power from the sun, and so do we. Everybody needs to keep that in mind.
0: Well, when you look at a lot of the elite histories, there's a lot of sun worship in there. It's uh, It's another tangent to go down you you're probably a little bit familiar with what i'm talking about eh
1: yeah and you know to add to that i'm glad that you said something like that because i want everybody to know out there that just because something is labeled as esoteric or a cult it doesn't mean that it's not true you shouldn't shy away from it because uh because other people want to trick you and make you think that that stuff is evil that actually comes from them They like to control the flow of that information. And they don't want good people to look at this stuff. They want you to go through this slow indoctrination sort of process where you slowly become uh, one with the Luciferian sort of ideals. They want you to go down that path. But you don't need to. You just got to take off all those sort of mental blocks and and those perceptual blocks and, and stop seeing things that are occult or esoteric as evil. And once you can do that, you can reconnect with that ancient knowledge that knowledge that comes from long before the long before and a lot of it is stuff about the body's energy system and it's heavy heavy psychological stuff and if we if the common man could reconnect with that knowledge maybe we would have a real age of awakening and a real age of enlightenment that isn't under the control of these parasitic motherfuckers
0: what do you think of the ideas that that age of enlightenment existed that there was some kind of a a an advanced culture on the planet that was destroyed and erased and everything was like, we're all brainwashed into not seeing that part of our history. You mentioned Graham Hancock earlier. He offers a lot of those similar theories that there's a time in history that points to when we did have it together and we had all these knowledge and systems that were, that were working and then somehow it broke and it's been totally covered up and blocked up. And now we have this like alternative timeline where it never happened.
1: Uh, Do any of those
0: ideas interest you?
1: Oh, sure, absolutely. The history of the world goes way back. It's all covered up. There was all kinds of things going on that people would not believe. There were giants walking this earth. There were dog-headed people, lizard people, uh, monkey-faced people. There were uh, insectoid people, starfish people with one eye. There are all kinds of crazy, alien-looking races that existed on this planet, but it's all been covered up, and any time somebody finds the remains or bones from one of these creatures, they just label it a dinosaur, and that's basically what's been going on. Anytime you find a creature that does not fit into our understanding of the world, they come up with a new dinosaur.
0: Really, have there been a lot of different kinds of creatures like that that have, fa- that have been found? I-, I haven't heard of any of those things
1: oh, sure, it's just when they find a creature, they just mix around the bones however they like, and they'll call it a T-Rex. Who's to say that's what a T-Rex looked like? Maybe we could take the wings off of a pterodactyl and slap it on the back of a T-Rex, and, hey, we got a dragon. Wow, yeah, I've
0: heard some interesting things about when you, when you get down to it, how few of the the dinosaur bones are actual bones. Most of what you see in the museum is all, like, kind of recreations with a lot of added stuff and the real bones are actually like really hard to, to access. Uh,
1: yeah, and if let's say you found a humanoid that looked like a lizard-faced man. Well, all you have to do is realign the spine, attach a tail to him, and have him bend over, and suddenly he's a velociraptor.
0: <laughs> Interesting, I never heard of that before.
1: Oh yeah, it's totally true. A lot of those dinosaurs and the bones, it's just patched together. There was a time when uh, they were just trying to come out with new dinosaurs because they're all competing with each other, and they were just making them up because they couldn't come up, they couldn't find them fast enough. And, and we really don't know what those things look like or how they function or what the earth was like at the time. There's probably all kinds of – I mean, even what's accepted, if you look at some of these prehistoric animals, I mean, they're just out of this world, like, um, you know, some of these uh, – the spinosaur, something like that, or – some of these underwater creatures that were just huge monsters, just true sea serpents. I mean, if that alone is real, and we know that those things are real for sure, then why would anybody question that there's other types of strange creatures out there? I mean, just look at what's alive today at the bottom of the Mariana Trench or the bottom of our oceans. There's giant squid that could pretty much eat a person easily and Things like that, I mean come on the world the world itself is full of such a diversity of life that it, why is it hard for anybody to believe that there could be creatures in the past in the times of Atlantis that there could be dog headed humans or races of lizard people and things like that? I mean it makes total sense
0: well, it comes down to you know how much do you consider just possible versus how much have you actually seen something to where it becomes more real more probable you know what i mean like evidence we can skip speculate about a lot of things um but yeah the the whole idea that history has been like kind of covered up and rewritten is something that's been catching my attention a lot lately
1: absolutely even the past that's in the history books they obviously ignore certain things they they it, oh my god it's getting so bad that you have to really They say the, the winners write the
0: history right
1: yeah, and it's really getting bad because because now with all this you know Alex Jones fake stuff going on, now they're able to go after me or you if, if you were to say, oh, 9-11 was an inside job, they'll say Masato, that's hate speech. What about the families of the people that die? You're a horrible person. They're going to sue yeah, you. Yeah. We're going to kick you off yeah. yeah, and yeah. The censorship is, is,
0: is getting strong for sure. The hate speech and all of that. You were talking about anti-Semitism. Uh, it's scary because if you're a pu- pu- Like a high-profile person, uh, any kind of person of an audience, you better be fucking careful if you talk about Israel or Palestine because it's it's career
1: suicide, right? Yeah, and I see so many people having that fear, like they won't let it come out of their mouth, and it makes me angry. It's like, just say it! (laughs) Say, say, <laughs> because it bothers me. It's like that's like the the ultimate pushing out when people won't even say, will are afraid to even talk. That's the ultimate pushing out. And I know there's tons of people out there. There's millions and billions of people out there that totally puss out when it comes to that topic. And it's time to stop. pushing But that's out. totally what's happening.
0: Like I said, you can't look at what's happening. The whole war on terror, the whole foreign policy, everything that's going on about that stuff. It's totally centered around Israel. The the relationship between America and Israel is what's funding and and directing the war on terror. They're trying to control the region. They talk about the greater Israel project. That's what the Zionists have been talking about. There's no secret. Uh, They want to control that area. So they want to, you know what I mean? Like it's all there in the open. They've been talking about it forever. That's what you talk about the Zionists, right? So if you want to talk about the war on terror and what's going on in Yemen and what's going on in Palestine and what it's all about, if you're not allowed to talk about Israel, well, then you just have all these bizarre things happening all over the place that doesn't make any sense. Why are they bombing this place and why are they trying to get rid of that leader and what the heck is going on? At the middle? It all makes no sense, but you put Israel in the, in the middle and the puzzle pieces connect. It's very yes. clear. So if you want to talk about what's going on in the world and the U.S. in general and their foreign policy and how they're spending all their money on on their military and what they're doing with it, uh, you have to you have to talk about it. You have to talk about it. It doesn't make you hateful. Oh. No, it doesn't make you. You know what I mean? You're That's just ridiculous. talking politics.
1: Yeah, it's ridiculous. And and that brings us to another question because um you know we know it's not just this group or that group. It's not just the Zionists. It's not just the Jesuits, aka Catholics. It's not just the Freemasons. It's not just This or that secret society or group or the CIA or the FBI, et cetera, et cetera. It's not just one. All of these organizations are under the umbrella of something and that whatever it is, some people think it's aliens. Um, some people think that these are spiritual hierarchies and they're channeling information from somewhere. But really you got to look at what all these different little groups have in common. They're all into black magic. They're all into pedophilia and they all seem to be into Luciferianism as well. So if those are clues that can help us figure out what's going on, then I think that we should look at that stuff. Maybe, maybe it'll get us somewhere.
0: Well, you're very brave uh, to be calling those things out because I understand that for for many many people these ideas that you're talking about just like make absolutely no sense at all but for those who have been digging and looking at things deep enough you can't ignore these parts of the puzzle uh they start to connect up a lot of things and I think you're 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 heading in the right direction it's it's very strange uh and it's very odd and we have to be open minded but uh I think you're totally right that uh, some of these questions are are key to ask right now and investigate and and try to figure out what are the answers to them uh so i applaud you for having the guts to to say what you think is important and uh you know and keep being honest with yourself
1: and and thank you that that does actually mean a lot to me but i can say that i do just like i believe in a god and i believe in a creator in a source you know whatever sort of Religion that the people follow out there. I mean whether it's this or it's that I I think that everybody believes in some kind of source of creation on some level but while I believe in that I also believe that there's an anti to that too because I believe that in in reality there is always a yin to the yang and there's always um, an answer to any question And there's always two sides to every coin. So while I do believe in a god, I also believe in an anti-god or a devil or an adversary. And that's something that I believe strongly in. And a lot of people have trouble with that. A lot of people have lots of trouble with that and you know some people they'll they'll find ways to kind of skate around the topic but i absolutely do believe that there is an ultimate evil out there that can direct things just like there's a god out there that can direct things it's like magnets man there's a positive side and there's a negative side
0: there's two different ways that we can function we can you know we can function uh creatively or we can function destructively and, and
1: yeah exactly it's our choice exactly misado and while you have a guardian angel watching out for you you also have a dark passenger there too
0: hmm, that's interesting i like to it's not a comfortable thought to think but um you're probably right everything has a balance everything has a, a counterpoint they were. i was just recently researching in a lot of these esoteric uh, architectures in cultures all around the world you talk about like a global culture right um, I forget how to spell it it's called triptych T-R-I I guess for three and then T-Y-C-H there's this pattern of having three doors it's in the Aztecs it's in the uh, the mosques it's in the synagogues it's in the Christian churches it's in uh, ancient stuff It happens all the time it's three doors one big one in the middle and two on the left and the right and the way that I had it explained is that the left and the right represent the two opposites and when you're enlightened or when you're an order of these you know a member of these orders or whatever once you've figured it out you can go through the middle door which is like you found the balance between the yin and the yang you've put them together and you're operating right So we were talking about division, how we see like a polarization and left and right, they're trying to get people into either go through one door or the other door and hate, you know what I mean? So I think you're right about looking at that balance and and accepting that as part of just like how things work, right?
1: Yeah, and it, it very well may be that there is no way to exercise yourself of this dark passenger, of this lower self. It might just be that you need to learn to to live with it. There, there's a quote that I like to bring up that was in the recent Doctor Strange movie where he's talking to his master, the ancient one, and she says, you cannot get rid of your demons. All you can do is live above them. And even though that was just a dumb movie, that really hit close to home. I mean, that struck a chord with me. That is so true. Interesting, interesting. You don't think that there's some people who just
0: like their natural disposition is to be more towards the dark or more towards the light and you have people that are more extreme in one or the other and more people that are maybe more in the middle and have a little bit greater balance. Like some people that are dark, you see them in the politics, they're dark, they're mostly dark, they're not a 50-50, they're consumed by it, right? Well, that, so, yeah, that's for every weird. one of those motherfuckers, maybe there's somebody on the opposite end of the scale that is has mostly Mostly love in them, you know what I mean? And they're representing their 80 or 90% of that, and their darkness is very small, very thin. You know what I mean? It's everybody in equal mix, is what I'm trying to ask.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it really comes down to choice. You can... Listen to those voices that are telling you negative things that are triggering your insecurities and trying to find every little weakness in you, or you can ignore them and you can focus on positive things. And it it really comes down to who you want to listen to. We are, we have spirits around us that are as thick as flies that are all around us, and it is our choice who we listen to or what we listen to. Do you want to listen to the angelic positive influences, whether they come from angels or positive aliens or from Source itself? Do you want to listen to that frequency or that radio station or do you want to listen to the dark shit? Do you want to listen to the voice that's telling you you're worthless and you'll never be able to that's do right. that and to hate women and to hate or to hate men and and to be bitter and resentful and want to get get everybody back? You decide what alignment you have. It's like a choose your own adventure. That's right, man.
0: That's the truth. We were talking about how you can manipulate that our thoughts create reality, yes. right? Energy go. energy flows where attention goes our thoughts create reality if you want to build something it's impossible unless you visualize it ahead of time and you make the decision that you want to build it right so that you're totally right man how you put your thoughts is really important do you want to focus on negative do you want to focus on positive do you want to have faithful and uplifting you know points of thought or do you want to be hateful and right it's it's really important it's,
1: yeah and you gotta be careful what you're getting drawn into I mean you could get you could get really into this like this protesting with the antifa and, and the proud boys and you could There's get, so many
0: things to protest for man that's yeah, what I was
1: trying to i got a, this other guy that and was you can get to. really into this stuff you can get really into it into but you anything, gotta think about rights, you gotta think about eyes. what you're getting distracted from and what you're not focusing on, yeah. It's, yeah, not internal
0: work, not direct work. There's always something. People, like, you know, and I I feel for these people. They have, like, one issue. They'll stand on the corner with a a banner for abortion or or animal rights or, or whatever, you know. And it's like, okay, great, your heart bleeds. I get it. But there's so many things to bleed for, right? If you, right across the street, there's probably some suffering going on in a house. It'll never end, you know what I mean? So... Uh, do you let that occupy all your thoughts and just magnify it and continue the pattern or or do you try to create positive thoughts and you know bring light to to the world
1: yeah exactly and it's it 's totally your choice. you can sit there and feel sorry for yourself and and give in to depression and 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 be like, oh, woe's me, poor me, my parents abused me, Wow, I was molested, Wow, I grew up poor, Wow, everybody's against me, like, somebody give me some free stuff, you can be like that, or you can say, you know what, I went through this shit, it sucks, it makes me feel like crap. I'm gonna to need to express myself sometimes. I'm gonna to need to cry sometimes. But you know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna grab life by the horns. I'm gonna ignite the lion heart inside of me, and I'm gonna make something of my life. I'm gonna to work to make the world a better place. I'm gonna let the Most High work through me, and I'm gonna be His agent, His or Her agent on this earth, so that I can do good, as opposed to just being another one of these zombies succumbing to self pity. Fucking great,
0: man! That's awesome. I'm sitting here cheering. That was amazing. <laughs> that was incredible. You're a warrior. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, fucking do it, man. Bring bring that light. Do your thing. Are you creative in any other ways other than doing your podcast? Um, do you do you do you draw? Do you paint? Do you build? Do you write? Do you sing? Anything else that's creative that you do?
1: Figaro, Figaro, Figaro.
0: Ah, oh, when is your next tour? <laughs>
1: Does that answer your question? No, I'm just kidding. But I do play guitar, and I, nice. I make music in other ways. Um, I'm also really into computers and you know, building websites and stuff like that, obviously. I'm into martial arts still. Um, I plan to get back into the gym and get back into it. It's just my schedule has just been so screwy. What kind of styles do you train? Oh you, you know the the MMA stuff the jiu jitsu kickboxing mostly and a little no rest- gi sort of- no gi scrapping then Yeah no no gi stuff uh- you know, sparring hard, training hard. It's it's rough on the body. I can't always maintain it. But I think that it's a skill that a lot of us are gonna need to learn going into these last days. I, I think that learning how to defend yourself and maybe even mm. learning to use weaponry and learning how to do organic farming and stuff like that, learn to pilot vehicles, helicopters, things like that, I think those skills are gonna go a long ways in, in what's gonna come to pass. All right. Well if if the apocalypse comes and I'm on the west coast, I'll make my way down to Seattle and
0: I'll try to, try to join your militia.
1: Well, I'm not going to start any militia. But, <laughs> but, but hey, listen, um, the truth is that I love that you're saying that because the truth is that we do need to stay in touch. We do need to network. We do need to work together if we're going to survive all this stuff. Even if it just means surviving spiritually, we do need to jo- join hands. I mean, not physically, but you know what I mean. We need to put our heads together because there's only so many of us.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And... Uh yeah make people not afraid to to talk about the things that are concerning to them don't let the Don't let the mainstream media and the the you know the social trending online on your social media dictate what's important to you and what you think is worth talking about or not worth talking about. Um, think for yourself right
1: yeah, think for yourself. be your own man um, t- trust and if you get ideas that are out of the box. Fucking step out of the box, man. It's there. It's a good idea. You know it's a good idea because it feels like it, right?
0: Uh, Go explore it. Don't be afraid.
1: Yeah, and sometimes it helps to just disconnect and pull yourself... Uh, you know, I've been getting really addicted to the Twitter lately, but more and more I'm just getting disgusted with myself because, I mean, I, I feel like I'm doing some good, but because it is all so tightly controlled, it feels like a wasted investment because, let's face it, I'm eventually going to get deleted off of all that shit. <laughs> real real men get banned. Don't you know that from social media? Oh, yeah, uh, just like us the originally best over characters, on Sherdog. <laughs> the best
0: characters end up getting banned from those.
1: Do you ban people on your forum? Or are you a tight moderator? um you know the ninja shoes it's just it's really just it had its day and it had its time when it was popular but um, I mostly focus on End of Days radio now. I mean, Ninja Shoes is still around. I saw that
0: you've got a second forum now. You've got a new forum for End of Days, right?
1: Yeah, and and I want this to be a place where people can come and say whatever they want and not work, have to worry about getting banned. So very loose moderating on there. Definitely, um, you can come on there and say what you want. I'd really like to start some sort of like think tank where people can express these ideas without having to worry about saying the wrong thing or getting banned or anything like that. And you know, of course, I love Ninja Shoes. It's very close to my heart. I'll never shut it down. It'll always be around and I'd love for it to grow and prosper. But at the moment, the main thing is end of days radio and, and hopefully I'll be able to expand into shoes at some point too. I already kind of started a podcast over there, but you know I'm just one man. So unless I uh, manage to make this whole operation bigger, there's only so much I can do. But at the moment, I'm, I'm really focused on spreading truth.
0: Well, keep being creative, man. Keep doing it how you're doing it. Um, we have to trust that those kind of paths are worth something
1: yeah exactly you have to trust in what your mission is what you know deep down you are put on this earth to do you have to get in touch That's with it. that intuition
0: yeah big or small you know what i mean i heard a good quote saying something like uh following your own path even if it's not great is way better than following somebody else's path that might be great. If you're not being true to yourself, it's all wasted effort. It's, it, it's, you know, you have to, you have to be true, yeah, and go where it leads you.
1: Yeah, be true to yourself. Don't be fake. Don't say things because you want people to like you. Don't, don't front. Don't create an image that you have to adhere to don't lie don't lie to yourself just be your fucking self and be unapologetically you that's the only way that you will ever be happy on this earth that's the only way you'll you'll get in touch with your real mission is if you can be yourself and, and there's people that will say that's very easy I don't agree with that I think it's really hard to be yourself and it takes work every day to be honest and unapologetically you
0: yeah well said man yeah and you find it through different things you find it through martial arts you find it through other kinds of arts you find it through bettering yourself and trying to work through your own demons like you said you know what was the quote again that you said about we all have the demons oh the yeah yeah
1: you, you can't get rid of your demons you can only live above them
0: right on man yeah good stuff Thanks for thanks for the chat. What do you say we wrap it up?
1: Yeah, I mean it's been 2 hours. I've had to pee for like the last 30 40 minutes. I've been hanging in there, buddy. I appreciate you doing that. <laughs> you need a
0: wireless mic so you can just take it with you. <laughs> yeah, I'd
1: like to see I've that. I got technology. an air conditioner
0: in the back. You can you can take a pee in the
1: bathroom. <laughs> okay, buddy. Let's uh let's wrap <laughs> it up. Dude, since you're on here, do you do you want to plug anything?
0: No, nah, no. Nah, it's all right. Uh Really? Yeah. Yeah, well, the fo- go to the forum. I'm gonna join your forum. Uh, I like small forums. Mine's mine's the same thing. It's very similar to Ninja Shoes uh, or End of Days. It's unmoderated. Uh, it's called Masato Toys Forums dot com. Uh, and yours is what? What's your what's your End of Days forum?
1: EndofdaysRadio.com. Radio dot com.
0: And the fo- access to the forum is there. Yep. All right, I'm signing up. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start joining it.
2: Okay, uh, I cool. had to cut
0: my forum stuff down. I used to – like I said, I used to be a sure dog addict, right? I had to pare it all down. It's just like, okay, fuck all those forums. I'm just going to make my own, keep it small, and, and get on with my day. But I'll join yours.
1: Yeah, and if anybody has anything they'd like to promote on that forum, there is a signature – link you can use so if you want to I highly encourage everybody to to use that use the form to promote their own truth so if you have a blog or a podcast or something like that I'm so like non-competitive with this stuff I can be competitive in my day job and I keep it there this is all about spreading truth it's all about standing hand in hand and helping each other out so I'm all about cross promoting I mean I'm not going to let anybody like you know straight up hijack or use me but I am all about cross promoting so I want to help all of you out there get your stuff to the forefront and, and have a have as many ways that you can advertise it as possible. Right on, man. Glad to know you Yeah, awesome. Love it. Have a great night. Thanks again. All right, my friend. You have a good night. Peace and love, brother. Peace and love. Okay, and that is Misato Toys, very cool guy. Um, you know, having having a lot of fun talking to people that are like-minded and have similar beliefs, and somebody that actually wants to interview me, how cool. I hope all of you out there learn something about me, but I do have to step outside, so I'm going to go ahead and throw some music on, and I will be right back. Welcome back to End of Days Radio. This is Daniel, your host, and I am broadcasting to you from my studio here in the Pacific Northwest the the most beautiful most rainy most covered in trees area in the in the whole world come here if you like bigfoot and you like clouds and coffee and if you like daniel you'll you'll enjoy the area if you like homeless people if you like stepping in homeless people's poop Or having them try to choke you out with a shoestring from behind unexpectedly. Join me here in the windy city, or I mean the rainy city, whatever you want to call it. So I, I don't know if I already talked about this or not, but I heard or I read or I saw more specifically that in the old days when they did not have toilet paper, they would actually use rocks. They would use rocks. Can you imagine that? You just pinch the loaf, and you have no leaves around, or maybe you do, but you just suddenly realize, hey, I've got this little satchel full of dry, dusty stones. What works better than these babies? And you just kind of clean yourself off with the, uh, the rocks, and then you just kind of, I don't know, what, do you take them down to the river and wash them off, or you just sort of toss them to the side? It's a real thing. I mean, look it up. Go on Google. Google. Go on Google and look it up and you will see pictures of old paintings of guys and women actually using rocks to clean themselves after taking the duty. Pretty fascinating, right? Because I always wonder how people back in the old days would take care of things like that. A lot of people believe in reincarnation. Perhaps I was reincarnated. Perhaps I used to carry around a satchel of rocks with me. And then you have the whole issue of a woman in her time of the month, and there's that saying of being on the rag, back then they literally used rags. That's what they had to use. We have a lot of modern conveniences that I think that we kind of take lightly and take for granted, but I wonder if all of those things were taken away, the toilet paper, the tampons, the toothpaste, the electricity, the refrigerator, what would happen Would we all just die, or would it not be as bad as we think? Would we adapt? There's a lot of movies and TV shows about the topic, but I have to wonder. What would happen? A lot of stuff going on in the news. (laughs) You know, I don't have tons and tons to talk about tonight. I really don't. I don't have, like, this long list of stuff like I usually do. (laughs) I've been going through some shit lately, and I wish I could be more... In depth about it, but I really can't. But suffice it, suffice it to say that there have been some major changes in my life. You know, some positive, some negative. And when you have stuff like this going on, it's like, how do you not let it weigh on your shoulders? How do you not let it hurt you or bring you down or make it so that you don't function on all cylinders or function at 100%. Uh, Sometimes it might mean bringing things to a conclusion so that you can move on and you can be happy again. But it's really hard sometimes when you get into these situations that are just confusing and you're not sure what to do. And you know something is not right, but you're not really sure how to sort it out. There's times like that. And I've been going through something like that lately. You know, the past, however long it's been, I have really been struggling, 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 struggling. And I know all of you out there go through your own struggles, but just know that you are not alone. There's no such thing as a person that is just happy 24-7. It doesn't exist. We all struggle here on this earth. We all go through our ups and downs, but don't worry. You would never be put in a situation that you cannot handle. That's the thing to remember. There's nothing that could happen to you that could truly defeat you. You can you always have the choice to keep going no matter how bad things get. Even if you're being shoved forcefully into a meat grinder, there's hope. There's always hope. <laughs> oh boy. It's all about attitude. It's about it's about being positive and seeing the light at the end of the tunnel no matter how bad things get. No matter how bad people can treat you sometimes. No matter how worthless they can make you feel, no matter how out of sorts or weird or rejected they can make you feel, even if they play games with your mind, things like that yeah you just you just have to have hope even through things like that when you're being you know when you're being presented with situations that really try who you are and really force you to make those hard choices, I I gotta believe in the long run somehow it's going to be good, but I've just rambled about nothing for like the past five minutes (laughs) I'm rambling about something that I can't really explain what it's all about, but I want to talk about it, because it's on my mind, okay, let's move on (laughs) so boy, so, um I don't really have a mind-blowing moment of the day today because I was the person being interviewed. So I don't – that would be kind of weird. So I don't really have one for this show. But I think that every show that we do is mind-blowing. I really do. Even if it's mind-blowing for two minutes or two hours or three hours, there's always something in there. There's always some little gem or insight. I hope it makes all the nonsense worth getting through because that's really what we're here to do, just – spread knowledge and information, and hopefully knowledge and information that can actually help you, and help improve your worldview, or make you think in some way, or at least entertain you. At, at the end of the day, I mean, if I can entertain a few people out there, it's not so bad. It's not so bad, it's not so bad. Recently, a bunch of Catholic priests were caught, again, blessing children. Apparently, whoa, Jesus, Hello? Hello. Hey there, buddy.
2: What's going on, Daniel?
1: Not much. Just hanging out. How
2: about yourself? Oh, same, but just enjoying that fantastic show. Thank wow. you. Thank you. God damn.
1: I take it you enjoyed it.
2: Incredible. I enjoyed that. And then Jesse said it was nice to hear your... your uh, history, your feelings and thoughts on those matters.
1: Yeah, I, I probably could have kept going. Was,
2: oh, no, please, please. Jesse liked that that you, she got more in-depth information about your thoughts on things.
1: Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. A lot of people have kind of wanted to know um, know a little bit more about my past or my perception of things or my beliefs, and I'm glad to be able to put it out there. I mean, I've I've got my own my own model of reality. And I've had some very strange things happen to me. And if I can somehow help other people by just being honest about my life, then I'm I'm all for it. I, I just find myself becoming more and more honest every time I do this show. I just want to be more and more
2: real with everybody out there. That's so cool. And I've been listening to your show so long that I know kind of your craziest stories, some of the ones you've told on air and, uh, and so I kind of know that history, and it's pretty cool of you to put put some of that out there. Um, if anybody wanted to hear your history, you just got to dig through those shows. I like the one where you, the UFO came, where you saw the UFO, Daniel.
1: Yeah, that, that alone. I mean, th- there's only so many of these events that I can get to, but that alone just had a tremendous impact on me. It, it just completely blew my mind and and threw my reality through a loop and I I was left just kind of empty and I I had to look and search to to fill that gap that it left inside of me because it really did turn my whole reality up on its head.
2: But how big was that UFO again?
1: That's the thing. It wasn't really that big at all. It was probably a little bit bigger than a Volkswagen bug. I couldn't imagine there being a pilot inside of there and if there was there could only be like
2: one. Wow, that's so so trippy. But then we saw another, and that's not even.
1: Yeah, we saw another UFO out here one day and it was the size of a football field.
2: Yeah, yeah, I remember you saying there was a big one. A giant one you saw. That was from far I away don't... though.
1: That was from far away. The one that came up close was really small. It was like some kind of robotic
2: drone or something. I've only seen, um, the UFOs as lights in the sky that don't behave right. Mm -hmm. And I've seen a ton of those. I live in Utah where there's probably giant space platforms above us. Um, with the, it could be drones, but no, these things are flying to, it's not your conventional drone, yeah. It flies by helicopter blades. Um, yeah, Your exactly. guest was so knowledgeable. Wow, or, or your interview with the guest. Yeah, oh, he's yeah,
1: he's uh, somebody that I, I've known for quite a while, going back to the old, uh, uh, you know, being a fan of the the UFC fighting and stuff like that. Um, like I was saying, I kind of got off of that stuff. I just sort of i mean i still i'm still into it i still like it i it's just this is my main thing now is spreading the truth i find it to be a
2: lot more fulfilling and a lot more important i just liked his passion for the truth how he just uh could pretty much tell you every point that brought him to the conspiracy the paranormal and I loved how he wanted uh, love and, you know, he's was for love and a peaceful message, too. Incredible energy.
1: Yeah, I, I love that. I mean, I, I'm all for the same stuff, you know, love and unity and respect and all of that. I think that sometimes we don't want to talk that way because it sounds really goody two-shoes and, you know what I mean? But really, I mean, that's huh. where it's at. That's where it's at is, you know, the positivity and feeling love
2: for one another. Yeah, because war is just a giant uh, a trick and a trap. Um, yeah, y- you have to have love and what, what? Well, here, here you go. What do you want in your life? Love, or you know, and peace, or war? <laughs> if you ask your average person that, they want peace,
1: right? Yeah, and the truth is that we all. I mean, there's that song: "A time for this, a time for that." That time, time for, for
2: love, time for that? peace. Yeah, from the Bible, that ripped, ripped off from, the, from uh, the Psalms.
1: Was that a John Denver who wrote that? No, that?
2: that was that was uh, late '60s. It was um, a time for. Don't make me have to Google peace. it. I swear it's not too late. It was uh, to everything turn, turn, turn. There is a season, turn, turn, turn. And I can't quite grab the band name. Oh, it's by The Birds. The Birds. God, how can I forget The Birds? That's, how can I forget The Birds? Cause that's, that's, um, that's Eric Clapton. Yeah, yeah, those guys. Guitar, that's all the biggest, some of the biggest artists. Um, the David guy that Crosby. played uh, guitar for the guy that played guitar for um, Rod Stewart was in the Birds. Yeah, fantastic. And there were a couple group. other big names in the Birds.
1: But that um, song, that song just says it all. That there there is a time for love and there's a time for war and. It really is about balancing these things. There's no like extremes. Yeah. We we really have to realize that every situation is different and takes its own means to take care of it. That's why this, you know, pushing ideologies and, and pushing things like that, it, it just doesn't really work because every situation really is different.
2: Well, that's why your show's so powerful. It's an open platform, and you've already stretched the limits of the imagination with your guests and. Everything
1: else. <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not a conservative program. It's not a progressive oh, no. liberal program. It's none of those things. It's just you know whatever, whatever you have to say, whatever your opinion is. If you're if you're transgendered or you're the opposite end of the yeah. spectrum and you're you're super like dwarf. religious, whatever. Yeah, you're a dwarf. You're whatever it is. I mean, you can come on here and you can give your piece. You can give your perspective. I'm not asking anybody to hold back. It's all about freedom of expression, freedom of speech, freedom of free-flowing information.
2: It's pretty incredible. It's pretty incredible. That's why I've always loved it, Daniel, because it's pretty valuable. Mm-hmm. And, I, I and you know, listening to you being interviewed, I realized how smart you really are because I agree with you on about 90% of, of what you said tonight. Um, you are a smart mother humper.
1: And and you know the thing with me is that if you sat me down and maybe do a bunch of tests, I probably wouldn't do much better than anybody else, but the thing is I just I just believe in my intellectual self. I believe that I can be as smart as anybody else. I believe that I can understand anything. And because of that, I'm I'm a little bit more unleashed. And really, I think everybody out there is smart. Everybody has the potential. You just got to get into it. You've got to get interested. You've got to realize that science is exciting, that these things are exciting, and even math can be exciting. It's not all boring, because when you go to school, they force stuff on you, and you start to hate it. But if you can reignite that, reignite that
2: passion about
1: learning like I did, all then you can appear smart, too.
2: <laughs> all the original forms of science and stuff, yeah, they want you to think that's not cool. You should go watch a Justin Bieber video, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's kind of okay, getting older Perry. now. Isn't that Justin Bieber kind of getting older and losing his looks a little bit?
2: Well, I haven't seen him in the news for a long time because you'd see him in the news every once in a while getting busted, you know, for something or another. But, um, pretty goofy Justin Bieber. Um, something more important, There's something more important, Daniel, and it's that, uh, wow, um, synchronicities. And then, and then your guest, or your guest, I keep thinking of him as your guest because it was a half interview, now you're live. But, uh, the, the guy that, uh, what was his name? Masato. Masato, big shout out to Masato. Please, keep expanding your mind and any questions you have, go to Daniel. (laughs) Or, or go
1: to, uh, go to, uh, one of my guests.
2: Yeah, just comb that history of your show and you're going to have your mind expanded to the possibilities because a lot of this is mystery, right, that we speculate on.
1: Yeah, exactly, and I'm probably wrong about a lot of things, but my best model is my best model. I, I just have to be honest about what I believe. That's the best I can do.
2: Yeah, and you do a great job walking that that tightrope. And it's um, not easy it is because, a tightrope,
1: yeah, it's not easy because no matter what I'm gonna offend somebody,
2: oh yeah, no matter what you do, somebody's gonna get mad, so just put it out there and let the mad ones come, you, but don't fall for the machine the machine consciousness. that's what's so dangerous about our time right now, Daniel. they're creating an environment where the violence can come to your house. Yes. That's what's going on. There's not a real debate about left and the right cuz that's phony and hell. They're creating this situation so that nuts can come to your house and and then it's all and everyone understands it and walks the other way. <laughs> that's why they got killed <laughs> said something they didn't like.
1: Yeah, exactly. You're completely right. The um like I was saying with with this Trump stuff he is really riling up the far left, and he's he's creating an environment where these people they're actually going to people's houses and following them around to restaurants, and um, you know doing doing uh, cyber sort of stuff against them and looking them up and finding out who they are, messing with their jobs, stuff like that. And, the, and both sides are doing it. Both sides are kind of being manipulated into doing both it. Both sides, and they are creating a situation where people are going to get very scared. There's a lot of fear in the air, and it's all manipulation. They're trying to make us afraid. That's what this whole Alex Jones banning stuff is. They're trying to make us afraid to speak out.
2: Yeah, Um, and they're letting you know. That's what it is. It's a calling card that tells you, hey, we're here now. Maybe you didn't think we were here, and we're here. And so you can watch it play out on TVs in front of you, so as your reality changes real quick, you'll already know what happened. Yeah. They can play the, like, Plato's Cave, the shadow on the wall in front of you. You just watch that shadow, and and you think you knew what happened with the world. They've already presented the story, changed our culture. You're Your guy earlier, Masato, was asking you pretty deep questions. He's pretty smart. He's drilling in on it, but he's not quite getting to how twisted, how twisted the deception is, how deep.
1: Yeah, and that's the most disturbing thing about it, really, is how deep the deception goes. We're talking about deception built upon deception, built upon deception. It's not so easy as He's lying to me. I know he's lying. I'm not going to trust him. It's not that easy to see through this. Yeah. We're talking about the manipulation of public consciousness, of society, of the world. It's not that easy to unravel when it's built on top of a fake history and fake science and, and fake leaders and <laughs> it just goes on and on. Fake and, on.
2: Conservative re- and fake conservative religious groups.
1: Yeah, that too. It, it does expand. way, have a
2: ton of power. Besides the left wing radical side, you got the conservative right wing that's funding organizations that put out so much information. This is what they do yeah the the john birch society well john birch society a classic example you can't you can't say okay there were." John Birch members connected to the military industrial establishment. Okay, let's get into this. What this is about is after World War II, we started fighting the commies. If you want to understand what's going on. So get that first. And we brought the Nazis over to help us fight the commies. You see the stories?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: And so, the communist thing is the counter to the capitalist thing. It's the Hegelian dialectic.
1: Well, I do know that both, especially the communist movements, they are completely funded by the elite and they seem yeah. to be used whenever these elite want to overthrow a government. They get the people all riled up, oh, we want communism, we want communism, then it then it's, o- it's always going to slowly drift out of communism because it doesn't work, and they could always bring it back again. It's like the gift that keeps on giving.
2: That's because our universities are full of left-wing historical context that they're teaching the kids here. They don't teach the Constitution or nationalism. They teach globalism.
1: And if anybody was talking like that 20 years ago, they'd be driven
2: right out of the country. Well, people were talking like that, and the John Birchers were saying that, in 1963. So when the John Birchers come out, they were using true stuff, to tell you why you should be scared of the commies. And that's why their stuff is still held as powerful today because they told you the truth about the financing of the bankers and the Bolsheviks and the communists because they used part information that was true to, to spread this, the fear. They're going to change our... Christian system, because commies are atheists. Well, yeah, of course, and that that
1: that is a big part of it too. Because if you can destroy people's spirituality, you can completely control them. Because a lot of your belief system is tied to religion, and if you can throw that out the window, well, you can replace it with whatever you want, including complete love and devotion to the state.
2: What it really is, is it's the state against the, the a free person.
1: Yeah, That's but, all it is. Yeah, but... They put I mean, labels on it. Sure, but, but at the top of it all, you have these manipulators that are creating these situations just to make themselves more money.
2: Well, you have the global elite, you have the Illuminati, you have the pyramid at the center that collects all the money off of the global chess game.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's what it is. It's just you're, a big chess you're,
2: game. You're... Masato was talking about the CFR being a, a large key to this. Yeah, that's a large key to this. Everybody that's uh, almost anyone in in, the, in our political system is a member of the CFR. Has been since the 50s, 40s, 30s. That thing's old. Rockefellers set it up to make the sure the world went towards globalism. Yeah, there's a little that, elite group that runs the world, but they have giant councils of men that meet at the CFR all your favorite politicians are members or all your known politicians. Well,
1: hey Todd, if you go down to the south, there's something called the good old boys network, and that's exactly yeah. what that is. It's a good old boys network. That is the biggest and oldest good old boys yeah. network.
2: Older, as old as the southern good old boys network.
1: And if you want to see Daniel, how, how bad it really is, look into the history of the south. There's some nasty stuff that's gone on.
2: <clears throat> oh, hell yeah. But at the turn of the century, go back 118 years. Um, everybody that's running anything's a mason, or they're a they're in on the. In, there's a there's a lodge down the street where all the people that run run the town meet right everywhere. That shit's in every country. Um, it's I went like the Boy Scouts.
1: I went up to Forks, Washington, which is like. That's that's where the Twilight series of books took place. It's a little town out in the middle of nowhere. Hardly anybody lives there. And I was yeah. like talking to some of the people there and there were dudes wearing Freemason rings like out in the middle of nowhere. I couldn't help but think right there.
2: <laughs> yeah, and oh, I Oh mean, no, I drive I drive behind people on going to work and I see Freemasonic window decals.
1: Yeah, you see them everywhere. On the backs
2: of cars. If you see an MM... They they almost have all their symbols of how higher level they are. If you see an MM
1: on a license plate, it stands for Master Mason.
2: Well, (laughs) I'm saying they don't don't hide the square and compass symbols. Why would they? Nobody knows what it means. Nobody knows what it means. Cloud them. Cloud them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so I got... And the Mormons
2: are tightly connected to the the, the Masons. I mean, their whole inner degrees are part of the initiation, their ceremonies are right from the Masons.
1: Yeah, exactly. That model is not only used in Masonry, but it's used in all types of organizations and secret societies all throughout history. It's it's, uh, the idea that somewhere... We've got this hidden book of knowledge, and you have to keep ascending the ranks to get more and more knowledge. Meanwhile, if, if there was really that sort of knowledge out there, you could probably just read it in a book somewhere or find out about it from one of your friends without having to join some kind
2: of creepy organization. Well, you might be able to figure out there's a creepy organization that sits all around you. Yeah. And then what are you going to do? That's what Masamato kept asking you questions about. How do you deal with this once your mind's been blown apart? Do you go paranoid or you, know, you get paranoid? Um, what you do is that I guess I'm 50-something. I don't want to say exactly so they can target me with their chemtrails. But um, I'm 50-something and after 20, 30 years of knowing that this is going on, you lose your mind in the middle, in the beginning and then center kind of go away maybe it's what I kind of did, and then realize that it's not going away, and then pull it back together and lean back on everything that kept you strong. And uh, and uh I don't think you need to run to any organized religion, um, but whatever it is that brings you peace and you can lean on for strength once you realize what kind of shit's going on, that's what you do.
1: Yeah, and I don't really, like, lean on anything. It's more like, for me, it's it's uh, relaxing and just kind of letting it come to me because when that happens, when I just relax and clear my mind and focus on more of a positive mental state, the answers just kind of come to me, and that that's how I get myself back on track. That's how I feel right again, and, and really, it's more like uh, being ignited having a, a torch lit lit in my heart, that's more what it's like than anything else.
2: That's pretty potent. That's pretty potent. I'll tell you one synchronicity that occurred because your show's paranormal. You remember the guy uh, does a podcast I told you about, Dan Carlin? Takes him one year to put out a podcast four hours long. It's called oh. Hardcore <laughs> History.
1: Yeah, I think I've heard of that one yet.
2: I was just telling you, he does these incredible, like, documentary audio of subjects. World War II, the Roman Empire, different things. He just released this show, today I found it, on Japan, leading up to World War II. That was incredible talking about how if you want to understand the, the history of, like, Japan, you have to understand their socioeconomic conditions, their ideologies, their political systems, the economic pressure that led up to them being bombed. by the United States so go look up that show Hardcore History Dan Carlin
1: yeah it's a part of history that doesn't really get a huge spotlight thrown on it obviously World War II we're very focused on Germany and the Nazis and with Japan it's like oh they just kind of wanted to join in they wanted to take over but they don't really talk about any of that they
2: were the smaller brother the little brother And Hitler was going to betray them eventually.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and Hitler was going to betray them eventually because they weren't pure whites and they weren't Aryans, never mind the fact that nobody really said anything like that.
2: But people don't realize that uh, Japan was so incredible, the world never actually seen anything like Japan before they got defeated in World War II. And that's why we dropped bombs on Japan, because they were more scared of Japanese people and what they were doing than the Germans. Well,
1: yeah, that's very true, Todd. It's because Japan was seen as invincible, because up until World War II, in their entire history, they they never lost a fight. They never lost a war. And there were some pretty freaky things that happened when China tried to invade them, too. They were getting hit by these crazy, huge typhoons, so... The country just kind of had this aura of invincibility around it, but as as we know, it eventually was shattered.
2: <laughs> what happened was the Japanese were... Um, the Japanese fought the Russians before World War II, and they fought a couple other groups. So they were pretty tough, and they were very smart and they tried to side with the capitalists they tried to side with the the, the um colonialists but uh the colonialists were smarter and and kind of outmaneuvered them but the reason that japanese were so revered for kamikaze pilots and this was the government itself leaned on the old samurai traditions to train the soldiers before during the whole build-up. Yeah. And let me tell you another reason they were so effective. People in Japan, just like America, were expected to turn in officers above them that were given corrupt orders. And so none of the branches got along, so they're very powerful. They could correct their mistakes.
1: Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. Um, I think that in the case of Japan, you had a country that was very isolated and definitely had a very strong warrior spirit. But at the end of the day, you just can't compete with the economic might of the United States. And uh, eventually, they were just outnumbered and outgunned. Obviously, we had a lot better well, the- technology at the time.
2: The U.S. wasn't gun-informed in the beginning. The U.S. wasn't really a military thing. Before World War II, we weren't like, yeah, let's go to war. It wasn't like today where we war everywhere. Um, and so Japan ended up siding with Germany, Prussia long before and learned their incredible techniques. Japan was smart. It said, let's learn what they're doing and let's do that. They put a lot of money into learning what the other countries were doing. And, um, it's one of the reasons they probably spared them when it was all over and left them intact with their leaders and their rulers and stuff.
1: Yeah, it, it was re- definitely, it was definitely, um, you're right. They did kind of leave them intact, but the spirit of the country was really broken after that because that was yeah. the first time they were ever handed a military defeat, and it was very shocking because the Japanese people they they thought that they were they, they thought that they were the children of the sun and, and that they were invincible, and once they finally realized that they weren't, it was like oh my god and And then they couldn't even have a military after that. And and then the United States had to have bases. And, And then the nuclear stuff happened. And then Godzilla started attacking the country. And then things got really weird.
2: One of the most incredible parts about Dan Carlin's show is he points out that in 1974, they stopped the last Japanese commander who had held out in the Philippines and was still killing people because he didn't realize the war was over. The only way this guy would come in is if his commanding officer ordered him. So they found his commanding officer 40 years later. He flew into the jungle with newspapers to convince the guy that the war's over. Holy and crap. there was no- numerous people... Still fighting in the jungles from Japan that didn't know the war was over years and years later. And they (laughs) wouldn't believe it till they saw evidence. And so my point is the Japanese used a very powerful, the government, the government system on their people before the wars started that worked very effectively. When they found the soldier in the jungle in 1974, he couldn't believe that the war ended because he didn't believe that Japanese would surrender. Yeah, there you go. They were so convinced. No, we never surrender. They had letters from mothers saying, here's a knife to kill yourself if you get taken, you know, captured because it's better to die as... Warrior, then.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of strength in that mentality. It's very similar to the Viking berserkers who believe that if you die in battle, that's the only way that you're really going to go to the the good place, Valhalla.
2: Yeah, there's there's only a few cultures on Earth that you can point to historically that went to that extreme to defend their country, and um, and were so. Con- convicted.
1: Yeah, and the that's, Japanese
2: that's were true. one of those.
1: Yeah, that, that's very true. And uh, you still see elements of that culture today, but it, it's just not quite the same. Uh, Japan does not have a standing military. Uh, you just don't really see that anymore. And um, at least we get some pretty cool inventions coming out of there, though. And, um, you know, some some creepy things, too, but. Uh, Japan's a pretty cool place overall, I think, and I'm I'm very proud to be part Japanese.
2: Yeah, that's cool because the Japanese references come up and right on Japan, go.
1: Yeah, Rep yeah, Daniel. absolutely. But but let me uh let me bring something else up with you, Todd. Did you have something else you yeah. wanted to talk about real quick?
2: Well, yeah, Israel. Oh. Because you were making so many comments on that, but. And then that'd be the last thing I'd have to say tonight.
1: Okay, let's 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 bring it bring it up again. Let's let's talk. Bring about it on. That. All right, let's bring talk it about again. the naughty well, topic. Let's bring
2: it up again. Yeah. Um. Goddamn. No. I read some history of the Palestinian con- Israeli conflict a long time ago that explained how the people on the Palestinian side, some of their most incredible, you know, like. Most verdant their leaders were rounded up about 30 years ago and all thrown into prisons and tortured, and they created some of the strongest resistance fighters you ever saw once those guys got out on the Palestinian side. And so that conflict's being fought with deep hatred that's gone on for a lot of years, and you can almost the article that i read a long time ago pointed to you create your own enemy. That's why israel treated them like that so they could make the worst guys you've ever seen in your life come back and fight you.
1: Yeah, that's very true. In fact, it's uh, you know, you see it every so often. You see it like they'll say, "Oh, this uh certain person was was released out of an israeli prison. They were kept there for 5 years and uh, you know, it's all over the um, you know the media media for the the other side, the uh, you know the Palestinians and all of them. Um, there, there's definitely mm-hmm. two two sides to the story, and and I do know that there are indeed Muslim terrorists who will strap a bomb to their chest and run into a shopping center, and there's things like that that happen. But really, that yeah. that hatred, you're, you're exactly right, Todd. That that hatred that gets created when you have war and you have what's going on is you, you, create, and- yeah, you create enemies on both sides. And when we send those drones over there to, to blow up Muslims and destroy their farms and their homes, their factories and things like that, we are creating the enemies of the future. And, and you hear people say it, but yeah. really, does anybody really take that in consideration and try to change the public narrative? No, it's still Muslims are bad. We've got to watch out for them. Hate Muslims.
2: Yeah, so go watch your mainstream news and then go watch NPR, government-sponsored news, and think you're going to get the big picture when all you have to do is realize we've been bombing the Middle East for 30 years straight. There are certain countries I think we've been dropping bombs for 30 years straight.
1: Non-stop. Damn that's a lot of bombing so,
2: yeah how does that sound you're enjoying a picnic <laughs> next to you
1: yeah that's... and that's exactly like how it is because cause we go through our daily lives we go to work we come home and things are kind of good here in, here in Rome you know being a citizen of Rome oh, it's, it's pretty easy going you have a lot of luxury the price of bread is slowly
2: going up not too much yeah. yeah.
1: Things get more expensive, but we can still go to the store and buy our Nike ju- <laughs> Nike shoes. Nike juice. What the hell? <laughs> Nike, Nike. might come out with the juice too. <laughs> What's on my mind? <laughs> <Jesus. laughs> Nike shoes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, we you know, we have all those modern modern sort of conveniences, but yeah, You know, in another country over in the Middle East, completely different life experience. It's a day-to-day survival, and it, it makes me feel awful ah. to think that I have it so easy, but that's the truth. I mean, one of these days, our comfort is going to be shattered. I don't know what, what exactly is going to happen. I don't know how it's going to happen, but it's not always going to be peaceful like this. Eventually, we're going to have to deal with the same type of stuff that they have to deal with in those really
2: hot places all over the world. Well, I'm going to say a couple of slogans I've come up with over the years that are powerful, and and it's this: um, supporting the troops means you care about what the, you're asking the troops to do. Well, just to yeah. Am I wrong?
1: No, I I totally agree. That's the truth. I mean, look at Adam. Cacat. It's not.
2: Rah, 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 no matter what they're doing. No, no, no. You support them if they're doing good, as you would anyone. It's not a fucking whatever they do. It's awesome. No, no. It's if they're doing good, right on. And then you care about what they're being asked to do. That's supporting the truth. That's, it's not going to the football thing and getting excited when the thing plays. No, no. It's knowing what they're doing and really giving a shit about it.
1: And that's the problem. So, People don't really care like they should. Uh, we, we are brainwashed with the mentality that you support. Supporting the troops means supporting the leaders that send our troops to go die, and obviously that is not right at all. Um, There's no person that isn't valuable, whether they're in the armed forces or not, and those lives absolutely shouldn't be wasted on a war that us people here at home can barely understand. I mean, how many people understand why the Vietnam War
2: started? It's hard for me to even explain. But but do you see how they confuse the average person with, like, you're patriotic if you just stand up and wave when the army comes by or they ask for donations. But don't ask no questions about what we're doing or think about the longest war in the history of the world or of our country that's been going on for 17, 18 years, never ends. Don't connect that, Daniel. Daniel.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, Todd, I did want to change the subject just a little bit. Oh, yeah, and I'm done. And, and I'm done with the. Well, this is actually... Israel, Israel. This is Israel. actually kind of along the same lines, because uh, what I wanted to talk about is another thing that's not really getting covered. You know, we know the stuff happening in Gaza really isn't being covered like it should be. But another thing that's being covered up is this civil unrest going on in Sweden. It just happening, you know, yesterday, the day before, and today... Have have you been aware of any of this? It's, like, not in the mainstream news at
2: all. I haven't seen, like, the news this week on Sweden. Well, but I've been listening to the reports from Sweden for a number of years now, yeah.
1: Well, basically what's going on is the, the immigrants, the uh, Muslim immigrants, are actually revolting and rioting. And there's a bunch of fires in the street and cities are being torn apart and there's all kinds of... Uh, fighting going on. It's getting really bad. Fa- really bad.
2: Yeah, well, they bring in mass migration from the war. This is an old, this is old. They create a war somewhere where everyone that isn't part of it has to get out of the country or, or die. The immigrants flow to the country's next door or they're over. And then the people behind the immigration flow can sneak whoever they want in there. And the the conflict between the Muslims and the Christian world's been going on for thousands of years. And it's a conflict over in the Middle East. You know, it's a conflict. In the West, it's not a conflict. It's a terrorist guy. Over in the Middle East it's nonstop bombing and warfare. And so you've got that spreading into the east. And they, or don't, the north or they, the south.
1: they don't Yeah, they don't want anybody to talk about it. They don't want anybody to cover it because it makes the whole globalization, no borders welcome immigrants, it makes it all look bad, and it's it's proof that it's bad and, and, and that you we can need to see do it. something about see it. it.
2: Listen, if a country has an immigration policy where bring everyone here, everyone, then they've flooded their whole country with people that are counter to their own system, and then when there's hundreds of thousands of them, tons of them could hide and be sleeper cells in a battle that moves <laughs> that direction. Um, got in Germany if you 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 can't buy a copy of Mein Kampf in Germany. Did you know that?
1: Um, Not specifically but I I know that that sort of stuff is banned. Anything Nazi related is banned.
2: Anything Nazi is banned in Germany. And and not that there
1: was any word Nazi ever even used in Germany really. What we're talking about is the German Socialist Workers Party.
2: So ever since World War II, Germany's been beaten down with Hitler was your president once. So you should forever feel bad and never question what our country did. Bow <laughs> your heads. Yeah, Exactly. There.
1: You were born a piece of shit, a horrible racist Nazi piece of shit. You are
2: horrible, which is, that would only make you rebel. That would only make you rebel if you realized, I'm not that. I wasn't that. That wasn't me. See, that makes you rebel. It's that, um, it's that thing that your, your interview was talking about earlier. It's the, uh, it's the controlled opposition.
1: Yeah, exactly. And the thing is You're they don't nothing want nothing
2: but controlled opposition.
1: They don't want people to talk about certain topics because they want to force their description of reality. They they want us to be wearing a very tight shoe fit reality at all mm-hmm. times. And if you go outside of that, if you point out, hey, there's these these immigrants are causing huge unrest in Sweden. They're they're completely taking over. If the world sees that, they're going to want to close the gates and then they won't get their new world order. It's it's quickening. They, What's happening is it's happening faster and faster.
2: And the only reason they do that, which is stupid, is to try to know what every individual's thinking, maybe what direction they're going to go so they can counter them. The world's moving beyond that. There is something much deeper that's coming. It can't be contained in their controlled opposition. Something more incredible's coming. I can feel it. Everybody can feel it. Whether that's a deception by them or it's a mass consciousness finally waking up that we've all been getting screwed, because they're going to try to ride that. Realize they they know that you know they know you don't like what's been happening. Wouldn't they be the first ones if they do that shit to jump in and say we got the answer? We're your friends. I'm with you.
1: Yeah, that's exactly. They already it. know. Then it's getting it's getting worse. If you talk about these topics, if you question an event. It's considered hate speech. And if you say anything negative about immigrants, you're hateful. It is it's, – it's going completely insane. And these so-called liberals, they're really just people that are being massively no. manipulated. That's all that they are at this point, and the conservatives too. But – Uh, The youth. The youth are becoming programmed to be liberal and socialist and those are the ones that these kids are the ones that in the future they're going to open up all the borders and they're going to open us up to this this (laughs) control and this anti-hate speech stuff. They are the ones that are really going to screw up the world once the
2: old folk all die. Yep, and that's why they're really piling everything they have on the youth. They're going to try to twist the youth's minds in their direction. They're masters at it. They've been practicing this for thousands of years. They they have war colleges. Daniel? Send their brightest minds to figure out how to defeat any kind of resistance to their never-ending military-industrial complex war system. But guess what? In the United States, it won't last. Because you run out of money. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, that's, and that's the plan. That's exactly it. There is, there are institutions that were created and funded by this whole network of Ill- Illuminati, New Age councils, United Nations, CFR, Trilateral, Bilderberg. By that whole group, they they funded these institutions um what's that one called that main one that everybody talks um, about
2: the the uh, cfr Trilaterals? The uh no it's like the uh, burgers
1: it's a place where they came out with all these they did all these studies it's a uh, you know oh,
2: the, oh yeah the the um, that's the fucking Oh, uh, it's the Institute, the Institute.
1: Yeah, it's on the tip of my tongue. The one that
2: discusses all the society's issues long ago.
1: Yeah, not Brookings. Mad
2: Martian, Mad Martian talks brings it up all the time.
1: Yeah, not Brookings, but the other one.
2: Brookings. It's not Brookings?
1: Uh, Brookings is one of them, but there's, there's another one, too, and it's, like, on the tip of my tongue. Stock. Kavistock. Stock. Thank you.
2: The English one, the English one. That Thank was you. earlier. That one figured out that you use music to control the consciousness. Yeah, about all the rock and roll bands, the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, the control of your consciousness.
1: Exactly. Yeah. The The Tavistock Institute and Brookings and the Jason Society and all the all the millions of other ones out there. These are the groups. Oh, and CERN. CERN's one of them too.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: NASA. NASA, at all. Or DARPA.
2: Um. So when you're... Masamato? Was that his name? Masato? Masato. He mentioned... You get to the point where you wonder if anything's real. You know, you're wondering if the moon's real. You're wondering if the Earth's flat. It gets pretty deep. Just look at the pictures.
1: I wonder what is real. I wonder what is real. What is real?
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> what is real? Is that, that's kind of a tagline. I, I
1: don't know what is real.
2: <laughs> I like when you ask this word, though, that. <laughs> you said like, Israel? What is real? He's like, huh? <laughs> Yeah, I can see the receiving channel. <laughs> my my point to the Israel gazi, gazi Strip Gaza Strip is that it's a quagmire. It's a red herring. As soon as you start talking about it, they see you. Hey, there's one. Yeah, I agree. And they're, they I- got both <laughs> sides funded. But you're not wrong about Zionism.
1: Yeah, I agree. But the thing is... Get it closer, Daniel. The thing is that... Don't blame blame everyone. It's getting to the point now where they're doing that about other topics, too.
2: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Sandy Hook, 9-11, are becoming topics that are just as bad to bring up as Israel.
2: But here's what all you have to do. When you're talking about Zionism, you just say, I'm not blaming every person in Israel. And I'm not blaming every Jewish person because there's wonderful Jewish people out there. But there is a Zionistic movement. It exists. Go look it up. <laughs> they want the whole world. That's their stated goal. Go look it up. So you're not kidding when you say that. But it's not all Jewish people, and it's not all the people of Israel.
1: Yeah, and that is something that, Todd, I I totally agree with you. That is something that we need to keep in mind because there is real legitimate anti-Semitism and hate out there, and I don't want to have anything to do with that. I know you don't want to have anything to do with that, but at the same time, we can't be afraid to actually tell the truth. Yes, those people are extremely stupid, but we all have to remember that there are Jewish people that live in Israel, and these brave souls, they actually go out there, and they protest in the streets of Tel Aviv, and they protest yeah. what's going on and they acknowledge that it's wrong and they try to make the whole world aware of it and, and those people out there deserve a shout out because those are, those are the good ones, and those are the ones that really do believe in the Judaic religion and believe in the real God and, and the good God, and they want to do right. And and we need to uh, acknowledge that and not, not let ourselves succumb to foolish sort of uh, little hatreds and biases and, and, you know, it's the thing like, oh, a black person robbed me on the subway, so I hate all black people now. I mean, of course that's so short-sighted and small thinking.
2: Yeah, Exactly. So don't think that every Israel person or Jewish person is part of the one world government. No. it's There's a group called Zionists that want a one world government and they're very vocal about it. You can find a ton of shit on the internet if you want to look it up. But that's not a representative of of, of Israel. That's like saying the drug cartels or the Mexican president is a representation of the people of Mexico. Or United States citizens trapped here under a big corrupt bureaucratic system are representative of the system. You see what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, of course. And that that can be applied all around. Like, Just because somebody is a Christian conservative doesn't mean that they're racist. And that doesn't mean they're a white supremacist either. we got to stay away from these yeah. dangerous inflammatory labels that we put on each other.
2: Yeah. And, boy, you gave good advice. Don't run down to those protests.
1: <laughs> yes, stay away, away from, from those things. <laughs> oh, stay away from those things. You don't want to get involved in those I love Trump
2: <laughs> next to, you know, you're getting punched out. <laughs> oh, sure. It could happen. Don't, don't.
1: I don't recommend going out there wearing a Vote for Trump t-shirt. You can get a <laughs> song ass.
2: <laughs> yeah, Long there ass. you go.
1: There you go. I mean, it's, it's – hey. Knock
2: your ass out.
1: Yeah, and you, everybody should be free to wear and do and say whatever they want to, but just keep in mind that that is the climate that's being created by these manipulators, and if you go out there and you think that you can – you know, you you think nothing bad can ever happen. Take him head
2: on, yeah. You're gonna fight. You're gonna fight Hitler by uh, Trump if you think Trump's Hitler by going out in the street punching out a couple of punk teams. Yeah,
1: well, it's not lot, happening. A lot of those people that are out there are being paid to do it. There's they're putting out ads on Craigslist that says if you're if you hate Trump and you want to make money hating Trump, then we'll pay you to go out there and raise hell and these. These freaking kids are getting paid 15 bucks an hour to go out there and wear masks and beat people up.
2: And Daniel, do you know how easy it would be to get a couple really good trained guys, like two or three that are also in masks, that can kind of guide them and really throw a bull or two, you know? Provocateurs. Provocateurs. And so don't fall for that. And realize that uh, we're all being played by this. This doesn't represent one percent, not even one percent of the country. Daniel feels like this.
1: Yeah, very true. It's it's very strange because for a while we didn't have anything like this going on. And I really do believe that. I mean, whether you want to say it's the Book of Revelations, it's the NWO agenda. Agenda 21 uh, or just the quickening of technology or novelty or however you want to label it or look at it, things are increasing. We're headed towards something. It's getting crazy, and we know who's behind it. It's these controllers, these Illuminati. We know who's behind it, and we know what they're doing. But can we do anything really to stop it? I mean, hardly anybody will listen. They have their heads uh, up their
2: asses. You know, Masato asked. Is there anything we can do? Let me tell you what you don't do: go to the protest. Here's what you do do if you want to effect change: do it in your backyard. Go run for your local congressional seat.
1: There you go. Or start go a- run
2: for dog catcher. Start no, a podcast. Start
1: local. Start a podcast, Start a podcast. Or, or a newsletter or a –
2: Goddamn, do what Daniel was doing.
1: Or do – make a music group. Make a music group that focuses on these topics. Make a rap group that focuses on these topics. Make a rock music group that focuses on these topics. There's so many ways that you can get the message out there. Maybe you just put your art out there in the middle of the public square. You just leave he it there. Was,
2: he was kind of asking about how do we change our social system.